deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, you might have seen the rumblings on Twitter. You might have seen the the commentary, but it is Shriekcast Christmas. It is Shriekcast Christmas. I'm I'm so excited. Woke up early this morning. Had the had the buzz of a Christmas Eve last night mm. uh, with excitement. Mm. Uh, so I am ready. Yeah, it's 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 so good, especially because as we were talking about on our bonus episode, November is sort of like all the worst holidays in one month mm-hmm. for like for like the big ones. I mean, obviously we have Thanksgiving. We've got to suffer through all the V for Vendetta posts on uh, on uh, on November the fifth. We've got Veterans Day. We've just got just a just a, a trio of of not so fun holidays in here. So getting getting a little early shrieking shack Christmas is is exactly. What we needed, I think. Mm-hmm. A little, a little treat um, on the other bad holiday that you failed to mention, Mass Effect holiday today. Ah, yes. Hello, happy, happy N seven day to all of <laughs> all of my. I, Mass I wasn't going to let you get away with that. <laughs> Not for a second. <laughs> let us fuck the Krogans, please. Anyways, um. This this was such a fun a fun week leading up to this because because everything sort of came in in like little waves. First was the Emma Watson news. There was the Vogue interview with Emma Watson, um, where she said that she doesn't identify herself as single. She considers herself self partnered. Uh, I mean, like I, I I don't have too much to say about this other than it's just a very it's just a very funny interview. It's it's some it's some classic good uh good actor bullshit i saw i saw some people trying to spin it as like oh no this this is actually so powerful and meaningful thank you emma and it's like just say single who cares if you don't care why do you care what phrase is used you know yeah i mean i mostly my biggest takeaway is is how how bold and stunning that uh leopard print fisherman's cap yes. she was wearing was oh my god i thought that was fake when I first, like, I thought that was a Photoshop, but like, because I saw that picture on Twitter, like in a tweet about it, and I was like, "Where did you find this awful Photoshop of Emma Watson?" But it turns out she really was wearing a leopard print bucket hat with matching. <laughs> <laughs> she maybe she's maybe she is super excited for the release of Death Stranding, Hideo Kojima's new game, and she's dressing up like a Metal Gear Solid Three character in camouflage. That's that's I, all I, I support can her. And then the other part is there's like a twinge of sadness in my heart for Mr. Tom Felton. He he, re- he returns rejected to the fake woods underneath <laughs> the Hagrid ride. He's back. Oh, poor Tom. He he was riding high for a few weeks there. We had we had all those Instagram posts that are like, "Oh, they're playing guitar together. He's teaching out a skateboard. Will they or won't they? Ooh la la." And I guess I guess the answer is no. I guess uh I I guess Tom Tom has to hang his own bucket hat up uh, and and head back to the woods. That's very right, sad. Right, and kind of the flip side of that is that Emma Watson, uh, if she if she wants a, a cameo from Tom Felton, she's going to have to go through the official channels and pay the yeah. six hundred and sixty six dollars. <laughs> she's gonna, yeah, she's going to have to cough up the full amount. And 
Do you think, though, that that like bucket hat outfit uh, was was him shopping for her? Because like that's like like maybe the, not the jacket, but but like wearing bucket hats, that's a very Tom Felton, you know, that's his his sublime fan surfer guy attitude coming through, I think. His signature. Yeah. Perhaps a goodbye hat. <laughs> the sol- the solemn gift parting gift. Oh, I bought you this I bought you this hat, but well, I guess you can still have it. But like there was an article a while back about how they um, you know, like like they 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 talked about their relationship and how, you know, she was she was sort of like teaching him politics and he was teaching her skateboarding and guitar. Uh and and I wonder, you know, is he is he still going to be is he gonna gonna take her her feminist uh he for she mantra to heart? I I think so. I think that's the lesson we learned when we read that. Imagine is that um you know even if even if she's not gonna be uh, like as much in your life and you're not gonna be like hanging out every day, uh, she still leaves a, a token uh, in your locker at the fast food <laughs> joint you work in. I think that's what happened in that story. Yeah. She she leaves she leaves the skateboard in his in in, in his in a tree stump for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Tom. <laughs> so that was like already like like that happened, and I was just like, oh, what a what a good like like callback story for us here on the Shrieking Shack because we loved talking about the the Tom Felton and Emma Watson news. But I was not prepared for the like triple whammy of events that happened regarding the Fantastic Beasts films that happened this week. Mm-hmm. Like, just fucking incredible back-to-back stuff. And and there's sort of a, like, a complicated saga here, too, that I think is not really being, I think is intentionally not being reported on by, like, some of the bigger Harry Potter fan sites. And I kind of have to, like, walk through a timeline of exactly what happened here. And to do so, I have enlisted the help of uh, of the the JOI two point um, Oh, she's, that's wonderful. She's back. Uh, Joe Bot is back. Um, I need to boot her up though. So hold on, I just need to press the startup button. Joe Bot is online. She's she's got some new stuff to say. She's still kind of a little bit on the fritz, and I don't know if she's really up for ask for answering like yes or no questions anymore. Oh. So I, 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 I improved the artificial intelligence a, a, enough to the point where she can kind of comment on more complex topics. Mm. But she, you know, she sort of lost the, the, the like simple yes, no ability. So like, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to like combine those two into like a, a truly uh, living sentient Joe bot. But for now, uh, we're, we're just going to have to like sort of, um, uh, you know, wait, wait and see what she has to say when she thinks of something. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Heterosexual. Mm. Uh, so, she, you know, she'll chime in every now and then. But she's here to help us break down this sequence of events. So the first thing that happened in the timeline was WizardingWorld.com, the wonderful new website we all love. My new, fa- my new favorite website, WizardingWorld.com. Yes. They posted a news article that I read and... I completely blew past the important news in it. It was called The Third Fantastic Beasts Film Confirms New Details, Including Cast Members and Location. That's the title. Yeah, seems like not a big deal. 
Normal marketing stuff. Normal marketing stuff. And so it starts, you know, hey, fancy another Fantastic Beasts film? Meh. I don't know if you want to ask that. I don't know if you want to open with that question, honestly. Mm, seems like the the people are a little lukewarm on that, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fancy another Fantastic Beasts film? Well, it's our pleasure to announce that pre-production on the third chapter is officially underway. Here are some new details, including the cast, the production team, and a rather special new location. So again, they've broken down the three pieces of news you're going to see in this article. Mm-hmm. Cast, yep. production team, very vague, and a, very, and a rather special new location. So the, here's the first tidbit. Comedian and actor Jessica Williams, who is featured briefly in Crimes of Grindelwald, will have a bigger role in this film. Who was that? Uh, Professor Eulalie Lally Hicks, a teacher at Ilvermoney School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. I do not remember her at all. There were a billion characters in that movie. In Crimes of Grindelwald, she was in that movie? Yes. I think she might have... We never went to that school, though. No, we don't see anything from Ilvermorny. I think she might have been uh, in one of, like, the crowd scenes in, like, the tribunal, maybe? I don't know for sure. I, I Like, I looked her up, and I did not recognize her as a character who was in the movie, either. Okay, um, good so, start. So so that's, yeah, so, so Eulalie Lally Hicks, a teacher at Ilvermorny Ilvermor- School. I always get that mixed up. Uh, School of Wizardry. Okay, so we have new character. Cool. As with the first two films, the third will take us to new continents exploring wizard cultures across the globe. The first Fantastic Beast film introduced us to American wizarding life in New York. The second took us to Paris. And we can now reveal that the third film will officially be visiting dot 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 Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. We 100% already knew this, right? We definitely already knew this because J.K. Rowling, and even actually they do say in this article, the location reveal follows on from a J.K. Rowling's mysterious Twitter header last year. Like we we knew. And also I think she said, didn't she tweet out like, oh, I always forget how to spell Rio de Janeiro. Uh, yeah, something, something like that while yeah, she was she, writing the script. Because we know, because we also know that we're going to China, right? Because there's the, she did the header of like, uh, like the Chinese forest or whatever. Like, like we, we, we know that the, the, like, like those are the locations for this one. Um, her header right now is space. Uh, are we going to space in Fantastic Beasts 4? I fucking hope so. I hope that's, a, or I, I, I want to know so bad. So, so, so here we go. I've got, I've got to take us to the real news here, which is what I missed the first time I read this article and what they probably wanted me to miss. The film will once again be directed by David Yates and will reunite, reunite producers David Heyman, J.K. Rowling, Steve Cloves, Lionel Wigram, and Tim Lewis, along with executive producer Neil Blair, Danny Cohen, Josh Berger, and Courtney Valenti. The screenplay will be written by J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves. What an interesting list of people. What Just an a very list- long list of people working on the film. A very long list of people working on the film, and then just that tiny little one-sentence nugget at the end there. The screenplay will be written by J.K. Rowling and Steve Cloves. Steve Cloves, hello. Welcome. Hello, Steve. Welcome back to the fold, the writer of all of the Harry Potter films. Uh, Mm, Except for two of them. Trying to think which ones. Fantastic Beasts 1 and 2. (laughs) Oh. Hmm. Huh. Weird. Interesting. 
<laughs> this is so I missed this the first time. I completely missed it. I even went to I like I checked on Leaky Cauldron because they do like news roundups every week, and like they did not mention this in the headline. Their headline was also like <laughs> was also like oh Fantastic Beast three uh, uh, confirms they're going to Brazil, and like I skimmed through it and completely missed that they again. They also buried in like a one sentence little thing at the end, like uh, Steve Cloves will be joining to, uh, uh, you know, unite, reunite with writer J.K. Rowling. The only website I found that noticed what the real news here was, was CNBC with the <laughs> headline, Fantastic Beast 3 will be co-written by Harry Potter screenwriter after Crimes of Grindelwald flop. Whew. That's a spicy I... one spicy one but but thank you to cnbc for like noticing what the actual news is here it is so transparent how badly they like tried to bury this news and this opens up i mean for one thing it means we were right once again shrieking shack has predicted you know oh, yeah granted oh, you know we ob obviously yeah we we've predicted many things and and you know we kind of took the shotgun approach to the fantastic beasts uh, uh uh predictions but to be fair we also we you know we we have wondered out loud several times like are they gonna like make her get a co-writer and they fucking did it and i am so i would do anything in the world to have been a fly on the wall in those meetings like do you what do you think happened here like like what do you think is like the most plausible to you like 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 sequence of events here that led to jk rowling accepting a, a co-writer for this film? okay here here's mine i think that wb went to jk rowling and was like you need to have a co-writer um and it's going to be some person i don't know who but i think that they like picked someone else and i mm. think that there has been a long fight stalemate where jk rowling has been like f like probably fought against it and then was like okay fine but it has to be steve cloves it has to be my friend steve cloves i won't accept yes. anyone else and i bet they fought about that right i i could definitely see that i think that's that's probably i think that's a really good guess because like you look at like the weirdest part of this is like like even like up like as recently as like I think last week didn't we have a a a comment from the actor who played Jacob that was like we're still waiting on the script it's gonna be big like we like like you just like really coded like we don't know what the fuck's going on right <laughs> like mm -hmm. um this this has definitely been some sort of fight because like you know if. If she had accepted right off the bat, like, yeah, okay, I probably need a co-writer for the next one, the movie wouldn't have been delayed twice, right? Like, there's gotta be... I want to know if it was a stalemate the whole time, or if, like, they gave her a chance and, you know, the WB said, like, okay, look, you know, give us a couple drafts and we'll and we'll decide... Are there, like, versions of this script that got passed around that WB was like, fuck, no, we're not making this, and, like, send it back to her with the, like, demand that she write it with a, with with Steve? Like, I'm so... I am so fascinated by this. And, like, there's clearly such a, like, dramatic political story here. Like, she's been missing from Twitter. Oh, that was the other thing. She tweeted again, but not about this, not Fantastic Beast news. She... 
I don't even think it was her, but there was a tweet that was like, you can win a trip to Cursed Child and support the Lumos charity yesterday. She will only tweet about Cursed Child. Nothing else. It is only that. It's Which is weird because it did get acquired by... Well, I, I, don't, I don't really even understand what happened there, but but WB at least is it has has kind of reined in its branding a bit for Cursed Child. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but it's very it's very strange. She doesn't seem to want to post about anything else. And like you said, I I didn't consider this because I. Uh, I saw the tweet like within 20 seconds of her tweeting it and I sent it to you and and you responded immediately like I don't like I don't think she wrote this and I went back and read it and I'm like oh definitely not. Yeah, it, it sounds nothing like like if you read it aloud it's like this is not the JK Rowling tweet voice. It has none of the you know, she 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 has you know, say what you will about her screenwriting. I think most of her writing has a, a very distinct voice and her tweets usually carried it right like she you could tell that was her in all of her dumb tweets i don't think this was her it's it's just like very flat it's like enter to win a chance to see cursed child in new york and also support lumos like that's it there's no there's no like ah witty repartee from 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 joe there right i wrote it and it's shocking to me oh what was that oh I wrote it, and it's shocking to me. <laughs> Shock! It's shocking to her. So you know, I, I, I guess, I guess Joe Bot is claiming credit for that tweet, but, uh, but you never know. I, I'm just so I actually watched an interview between her and Steve Close recently, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's interesting that that she's going back with Steve Close, not because they don't like each other because because they, they do clearly I'll, like it, it's interesting do you remember when we watched the second movie and there it felt very tense in that interview with them both mm-hmm. um i think they eventually kind of got used to each other because this interview from uh that i watched was from when the last movie came out and it was a lot more natural she was very nice to him uh they they clearly had like a good working relationship so things probably smoothed out a bit there i I also uh, think that she was very awkward in a lot of those early interviews. Like yes. she was clearly very uncomfortable, like personally with a lot of those. Yes. And it seems like she kind of uh, ca- like became more comfortable as she got more used to being in the spotlight, I guess. I think about death and dying every single day of my life. Oh, that's some dark stuff. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, 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 I get the sense that like they work well together, but the thing I find super interesting is like clearly the, like their, 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 their working relationship was one that she probably still preferred wasn't necessary because like, otherwise wouldn't he have been working on Fantastic Beasts from the start? Right? Like, like it's, it's weird that he got dropped for those when, when, I think for for I think most people you know the the, the movie's vary in quality, but I think that his his you know his handle on like how to write a script is pretty solid, right? Like pretty good, like better than hers for sure. As as we've seen from her two J.K. Rowling unleashed scripts at this point, right? It, it's so weird to me because it felt like the first one, the first Fantastic Beast movies. I, I, I'm not saying it was well written. But it was more reined in, right? It was it yeah. was a restrained 
film. It was a pretty normal blockbuster. There was some odd structural stuff, if I'm remembering right. In the back of my mind, I remember it as like a pretty standard like three-act film, but now that I'm like reevaluating, there were some really bizarre like plot threads that didn't make sense or didn't fit into the overall movie, but it wasn't quite as glaring as Crimes of Grindelwald, which I think even people that th- that thought favorably on it were like saying generously that it that it was structured more like a novel. Um, this is a complex story. Mm, exa- exactly. A complex story, uh, kind <laughs> of more served by a novel, perhaps. Yeah. So the, the thing with the first movie was like, it definitely had some weird shit. Like the thing I always remember when I, when I think back on the first film is the, like the John Voight subplot that goes. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. That, that stuff is wild. Like that is, that is a thing that like I reflect back on and go like, what was that doing in the movie? <laughs> yeah, All of those like... characters got like one scene. Yeah, uh, there's there's like the the his son that gets attacked at like the political rally, like like that stuff doesn't make any sense. That that but like that was sort of an outlier in like an otherwise like fairly standard like three act blockbuster script, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Crimes of Grindelwald is, I mean, like you say, like it is it is it is like a novel. It's fairly like like. You know, like it's, it's got this really byzantine structure of just like there's a million characters there's there's multiple perspectives at all times there's uh uh people are introduced for like one scene and we're like supposed to be familiar with them and like maybe we would have been if this was a book and like we had seen things from their perspective and, and, and kind of got a handle on the story a little bit more but it's um it's like you know it, it is too it's too much too fast for, and it and it's like too messy for its own good too complicated and 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 i think you know everyone kind of uh, i i think the like fervent defense of the second one has mercifully died out quite a bit mm-hmm. uh uh you know there there was a while there where there were like some really ardent fans of it going like you just don't get it and i think now that's cooled quite a bit and like even even people who like mostly enjoyed it like you say are sort of like yeah it was maybe it could have used some extra scenes or something, right? Like, I think that's the concession that, you know, the the most diehard fans will at least agree to. Yeah. What I, yeah, and and I I am so curious to see what Steve Cloves being involved in this will mean for the next one because here's the last nugget in this news story. Uh, the the plan is apparently that they're going to like go back to Hogwarts and they're going to be doing more Jude Law Dumbledore stuff. This came from this came from a variety article that spoke to both an analyst who said that you know an outside analyst who was saying they should probably do this and then I guess also they spoke to an insider WB that's like yeah this is the plan which is uh you know people people fucking loved it when Hogwarts appeared so we're going to spend more time at Hogwarts and and people like Dumbledore so there's going to be more Dumbledore and I'm like yeah i'm wrestling with like how like like okay like on the one hand i'm like i see the headline that's or or for i guess for this matter i don't see the headline uh but i see the news that uh steve Cloves is involved again i'm like okay good they finally got a writer to help joe structure a screenplay 
and then I immediately see, oh, and we're going to be splitting our time between Rio, presumably China still, uh, and then also Dumbledore's own wacky adventures are going to take up a, a bunch of screen time in Hogwarts. So this is already sounding like a fucking mess again to me. Yeah, I feel like those are the only things that can really be in the movie. There better not be anything else. <laughs> That's yeah, like you've just described like like that that is already a fairly exhausting description of a movie, I think. Uh I I don't know. I uh <sighs> I I'm so thrilled and fascinated and and curious like what you know what this thing is gonna be i just i'm just just this like this like three i i this three hit punch this week of like like the, the subtle sneaking in of them that i think that is the part that makes this so crazy to me is they they really tried to backdoor this news like is that joe's influence she's like like don't don't crow too much about getting me a fucking uh uh co-writer again or like did they do they not want to like make it seem like maybe a you know uh, this is a big deal and like you know i i think it is worth talking about but like are they did they see like the jk rowling memes going and like okay we cannot we cannot draw attention to the fact that like jk rowling has to have a co-writer now you know like there's so many juicy possibilities here that are fascinating to me why does she think she can be a screenwriter i learned how to write a script while writing a hollywood movie that's a very i wouldn't recommend that as a way to learn <laughs> wow that was just perfect this, this uh this artificial intelligence is very advanced this new ai hey i i put some work into this one you know like it's uh it's it's it's, it's got some brains under the hood you know I think it's one thing to be on a uh, fly on the wall in the meeting where, you know, she is assigned a co-writer, but quite another to uh, imagine poor Steve Cloves trying to, because it's one thing to adapt a book, right, mm. into into a screenplay and then have meetings about it, and quite another to co-write something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, especially kind of going into a situation that is already maybe a bit poisoned right like like she's probably i would assume you know i, I am making a, a leap here but I, I think it's a fairly educated guess she's probably not happy about this right and so that's kind of a hill hill to climb if you are being assigned someone to co-write right rather than like you know hey this wasn't like she called him up on the phone and was like i've got an idea for a movie can we write it together like you know like it's not it's not that it's like okay the boss the boss man says i've got to have a screenwriter so i guess i'll call steve my friend who can write movies or whatever like that just seems like a horrible situation to be in for him right god like, it, just, it just it just feels like you know you're adapting um fucking goblet of fire right yeah and it's like you know, you're you're in a meeting, and she's like, "Okay, but why did you cut out all the house off stuff?" And then it's like, "Well, there's we're you know, it's a 600 page novel. We're m putting into a movie. Some stuff has to get cut." But in this case, she is writing for a movie, right? Like, how do you how do you trim that fat without it? Ugh, yeah. It's so awkward. <laughs> yeah, like how do you <laughs> how do you like like Steve Cloves? His alarm goes off. He rolls out of bed. And, you know, he's he's just like, oh, head and hands. Like today, 
I've got to, I've got to brush my teeth. I've got to take a shower. I've got to get dressed. And then I've got to get on Skype to tell JK Rowling that maybe four baby deaths is too much for one movie. <laughs> not looking forward to my for, date night. She wrote them for the movie. And the movie has to keep getting darker as it goes <laughs> along. And you've already killed two babies. So what's worse than that? Right. It has to keep escalating. If you haven't got tension, if you haven't got conflict, you haven't got a story. She's right. She's right. She is. She is not wrong. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just. I. I. I'm. I am now. There, like there was a point a couple of weeks ago where like the, um, like like you know the actor comments about how like oh yeah we're still waiting on the script we don't know when it's filming like I had sort of like resigned myself to, like okay this movie's either canceled or a long ways off right like that mm-hmm. was sort of the news i was bracing for i i could not in a million years have predicted that like this is what we were going to get like like the juiciest possible outcome is the one that we got and i am now i can't believe i'm saying this i am now like excited and on high alert for fantastic beast news i think that this means the movie is going to be better I don't yeah. know if that's controversial, but I'm like they got a they got someone who can write a movie. Yeah, no, I think that the worst Harry Potter movie, like like okay, Order of the Phoenix, the one we just watched, not a good movie, right? But I don't think that's the writing's fault, really. Like it is, aside from like the line that's like the castle wants us to fight back. There's you know there's some clunkers in there, but <laughs> like I would I would say that. I, I don't know, at least in my opinion, it's like the script is not really the problem glaring in that movie. It's definitely like an editing and like uh, 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 ch- like choice of, of 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 scenes to include by the by the editing team, like like you know what the director wants. I, I I think that that is still a better movie structure than Crimes of Grindelwald. So I think you're right. I think I think that we can at least count on the third one probably being better. I hope. I hope, I fucking hope to God that, that it's better than the second one. I think it has to be. It has to be. Crimes of Grindelwald was so bad. It the, was so bad. The other darker possibility is that um, J.K. Rowling is, like, able to browbeat Steve Clovis uh, into let, letting her get all her ideas through, and this means nothing. Also possible. Right, like, oh, and I'm like, maybe, maybe it, maybe it isn't even contentious. Maybe, maybe this is a, a thing where, like, you know, they worked with each other for nearly a decade on the on the first set of movies. Maybe, maybe there's a very real possibility. I think that that he could end up being either too comfortable with her wacky bullshit, you know, or, um. N- you know like like he could not take this job super seriously right like like this is this might be you know she might take him to dinner or whatever buy buy a nice bottle of wine and say like you don't need to worry too much about this right like this is a formal thing for the because i got because i gotta get i gotta get the studio to agree to make this right like that's that's a that's me that's kind of a leap but that is like a possibility that i see right like it, it could go either way i suppose I mean, at the very least, he might move some scenes around, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I that hope might so. help. We have I to consider this other possibility. That's pro- like I think it's like a one percent chance, 
But do you think that there's in any realm she was like, I need help, but it's got to be Steve Cloves. Because uh, I, I mean, the movie yeah. bombed, right? Like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the movie bombed. And I I just, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'm expecting the worst of her. And, and maybe this really is her going to WB and being like, hey, we've got to get Steve on board. I know I, I trust this guy. That is, that's probably at least a possibility. Um, but the... I I just I I feel like if if that was the case, if if that was really really the case, and and who knows, money rots your brain, and maybe maybe writing one movie that gets middling reviews is not enough to make you realize this. Like like I feel like she would have come to him earlier if it was like an earnest, not. Uh, a, a, you know, not studio required thing for her, right? And it wouldn't have taken this long because, like, it, 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 I, I think that's the part that makes me think that this was a con- uh, this was a contentious behind the scenes thing is the fact that like we've been waiting for months for any news at all, and even the actors are in the dark, right? Like it, it doesn't seem like it. it it's a it's a situation where she like you know she saw the movie come out do really badly and then immediately went oh shit maybe i do need a screenwriter yeah i i agree with that i think that the the delay is definitely telling i suppose i just feel like we have to do our due diligence and explore every possibility I, I i think you know i think it is probably still a very real possibility to the that it is the it is that but i think on the other side of things like two delays and it's not even just the delays it's the complete radio silence on the th- on it uh mm-hmm. and the fact that like they buried this headline or you know they buried this lead and like didn't put it in the headline and they're very clearly trying like they announced it with like a snowball of other news so it didn't become the headline right it's like oh this this other actress is gonna be in it and we're going to brazil even though you all already know that and like like you know like that 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 feels so purposeful here to me. Yeah, the the detail about the the character that nobody knows or remembers being a bigger <laughs> character is extremely funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really feels like they were reaching for some like what is some stuff we can announce about this to not have to say, to not have to just run an article. J.K. Rowling needs a co-writer, right? Like like that to me, that stuff just it really makes it feel like there was more going on here than than they're letting on it's so stupid it's so stupid that she's even in this position because like it's not even bad news of course she needs a co-writer she's not a screenwriter yeah this is good news this is great news like if 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 these if these movies were just her handing like a lore bible to a screenwriter they probably would have been better right like like she's good at coming up with characters and 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 she's she's all right at coming up with characters and and a world she can sort of mostly it's marketable but that's the perennial appeal of magic the idea that we ourselves have power and we can shape our world i sometimes think it's very analogous to having a lot of money because that's kind of like a superpower (laughs) and that's marketable and that's marketable Oh, I could talk about this all day, but we should probably get into our reading, huh? Bloody yeah, hell! I suppose so. Um, 
switching switching gears, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited oh, yeah. for this one. Oh, yeah. This was a doozy. Okay. So uh, this week we read um, a chapter that I didn't write down. Chapter six, Draco's Detour. Uh, Harry's having a good old time at the burrow. They're playing Quidditch. It's, it's just... It's it's a good time, uh, but it's a little it's a little tense. It's a little more melancholy. They keep getting bad news um, from the world. Um, we are basically uh, kind of ocarina of time time skipping to um, you know everything is is kind of crummy. Voldemort's doing bad stuff and crimes all over, and they have to hear about it from from Arthur Weasley coming back from work at the Ministry, um, and also uh, kind of at Harry's birthday celebration where where Lupin kind of stops by, um, but we hear kind of just about some murders and some some bad stuff. And our two kind of pieces of information here are that Florian Fortescue, who is the um owner of the ice cream shop in Diagon Alley has has gone missing and it looks like there was a struggle and he's probably been either kidnapped or killed by Voldemort um, and Ollivander is also missing although there is no sign of a struggle um, Harry gets um, mail from the school and finds out that he's going to be the Quidditch captain uh, this coming year so that's pretty exciting um, we also find out that there's kind of increased security at, at Diagon Alley. Bill has brought Harry his his gold to go to go school shopping uh, because he says that there are long lines at the at Gringotts because of all of the all of the security. Uh, the next day they go to the go to Diagon Alley uh, and they take the Ministry cars again, like in book three, I think. Um, and and Hagrid is there to uh, guard Harry from from any Death Eaters, um, and everything is just, like, kind of different. There's no one in the Leaky Cauldron. No one's really, like, ha- hanging out and having fun anymore. Um, there, a lot of, like, shops and stuff are boarded up, and there's, uh, like, people on the street selling, like, fake amulets and things. Um, they go to Madame Malkin's for some new robes, but they run into Draco and uh, Draco's mom, and Draco is, is basically uh, being pretty uh open i mean i guess he always was just like being very mean and racist to hermione um and harry and draco kind of get into get into a fight um harry is kind of no nonsense now um and he doesn't kind of back down uh but narcissa malfoy kind of ushers them away and is like oh we don't want to shop here anywhere where a muggle-born would shop um and then after that, um, they leave and they go to Fred and George's joke shop. And it's very, very cool. And it's like the one place in Diagon Alley that isn't kind of muted and um, uh, being like overly cautious about the Voldemort stuff. They're kind of just joking about it. They're selling like Dark Mark uh, candies or whatever. Uh, and they're doing really well. Um, Harry talks to Fred and George a bit and because, and they take him kind of into the back room where they show where they're really making their money, which is selling, um, like defense against the dark arts supplies to the government. Um, while everyone's distracted and, and kind of after Harry talks to Fred and George about that, uh, Harry does see Draco, uh, doing something suspicious outside. And so he grabs Ron and Hermione, gets them under the invisibility cloak, and they follow Draco, um, into Nocturne Alley, where he goes into Borgen and Burks, which we remember from some of the earlier books. Um, and they use extendable ears to, um, 
to eavesdrop on his talk with the shopkeeper. Um, Malfoy is trying to get Borgen to repair something for him um, and also says that he can't sell it. Um, it sounds like it is some some part of a pair of objects, uh, but darn it, we can't see what he's talking about because he's behind a big cabinet that Harry remembers because he hid in it one time. So that's really a darn shame that we can't actually see what he's talking about. Um, Hermione um, des- uh, decides to to do some investigative work and goes into the shop after Draco leaves and tries to find out what it was, uh, but it does not work. Um, and... Ron, Hermione, and Harry sneak back unnoticed into the joke shop, and that is the end of the chapter. What a fucking barnstormer of a chapter. Right? This is... There is so much here packed into every scene. I... Again, it's Shrieking Shack Christmas. This is... This is maybe... This is maybe our wildest chapter yet in this book, which has already been uh, like just just a total like like hit after hit after hit of just like weird shit being thrown at us there there. I I guess I'll start with like sort of the like like where I was just sort of like as the chapter started and how I was feeling. I really liked the um, like like the, the, the sort of like general mood of the beginning, the like. Like, oh, it's fun at the borough, but, like, we're getting all this bad news, and, like, and and there's there's an interesting vibe to this chapter that, like, you know, or at least when it kicks off, that's, like, kind of what I wanted out of the opening of Order of the Phoenix, where, you know, our, one of our biggest complaints with that was, like, you know, Harry wants to start a gun club, but, like, we haven't even heard any bad news from the outside world, right? Like, like no one thinks Voldemort is back, and, like, like now getting... There's, like, sort of a familiar experience being described here, you know, like, having having fun at home and, like, hearing snippets of bad news on the radio or on TV or whatever. Like, that, that this paints a picture that I enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, Order of the Phoenix is definitely missing that. Um, it, it makes me sad that it didn't better deliver on the, like, conspiracy aspect instead yes. like that everything is normal but there is a conspiracy that the, the main character knows about mm-hmm. and it just like completely fell on its face at doing that and i feel like if it had delivered on it then this would be such a satisfying like oh this is like the payoff moment but it's not really paying off from anything because order of the phoenix like didn't work at all um but i can appreciate that this would be even better if that were the case as it stands it's still good i I like i like what it's going for yeah and there's some there's i I, i've got to like swallow some of my past words a little bit maybe i think at least this chapter does a fairly interesting job of setting up the harry and Ginny stuff which I was not expecting, but there's a couple of cute lines and stuff in here that I, I I thought were pretty good. I like the detail about them all playing Quidditch together, um, which I actually think is th- also just generally, I think this is one of the funniest lines in the book there's been so far. Just a really good kind of uh, 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 subtle gag here. 
Uh, he and Hermione against Ron and Ginny. Hermione was dreadful and Ginny good, so they were reasonably well matched. Like a good like dunk on Ron there. Okay, can you explain this joke to me? Because I've been like doing math in my head over this the entire time. I need you to I need you to explain that joke to me. Okay, okay so Harry is like god Harry's, god gamer, right? Harry 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 is ninja and Ginny Actually, okay, I, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll do the other way around. I think Harry is Shroud. Like he's just like the god gamer, okay, right? Okay. He's he's popping headshots left and right, uh, <laughs> okay. even with a broken hand, uh, broken arm. He's catching that snitch, right? Sure. Uh huh. Ginny is ninja. Also, pretty damn good at games. You know, maybe not as like not not the raw skill of Shroud, but like pretty fucking good. So like an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah, she she's doing she's keeping up. She can keep up with Shroud for sure, but like, you know, may, maybe maybe not could, like They could play duos or whatever. Totally. Yeah, Harry oh yeah, Harry and Ginny in duos would would be would, that would be a pub stomp for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it but it's it's I I like this gag cuz it's saying that like, okay, Harry is good, Hermione is bad. Okay. Uh Ginny is good, so they were reasonably well matched. So the unspoken thing there is Ron sucks. Okay, but if Ron sucks, right? Yeah. And Hermione sucks. Yeah. But Harry is God gamer. Wouldn't yeah. Harry just win every time? No, because it's 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 Harry. <laughs> it's it's two two teams of one good player and one bad player. Okay. He it's, is it's just Harry and Hermione. <laughs> one yes. God gamer, one bad gamer against one bad gamer and a good gamer but harry's god gamer so he should win every time but I hermione think, is sorry, dreadful so... but hermione's oh. dreadful it says so he's he's more handicapped maybe do you think that quidditch has some like rng do you think, do you think that's like a do you think that's like a super fan sports complaint is it's like the snitch <laughs> is too much rng like snitch like the, ch- RNG. the charm that controls it like you know you never know it's gonna take turn left sometimes it's gonna turn right uh crumb <sighs> lost because of rng yeah well and and you know uh lucius bought bought his his son's team you know purple gear Mm. And that's fucking bullshit, right? Uh, and and you know, Ron, you know, Ron, Ron might not be great, but it probably doesn't help that he's, you know, he's just picking up whites, like he's just he's just picking up like the basic gear. I don't even know if his brooms are green, you right. know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, maybe there is some RNG there. I'm glad we get a return of of some good Quidditch discourse in this book. Absolutely, but no, I I thought that was cute. I I, I and I and there's also the line about um. Ginny miming vomiting into her her cereal at Harry, like when Fleur is being lovey dovey. Like there, there's a couple of things from I'm like, oh, okay, these characters are noticing each other at least, which is more than I thought happened in this book. Yeah, I, I, I wish they didn't just get married. That yeah. doesn't matter right now. No, no, but yeah, I I agree with you. The way it ends up fucking sucks. But like here, I'm like, oh, okay, I I get it. I these characters are at least aware of each other like it's not completely out of nowhere i suppose hey that's a win that's a win uh did you <laughs> did you highlight this thing of ron saying blimey you can't even make a joke around here anymore yes because yeah that to me ron is oh, these 
Zesty Demi's Ron, Ron's want... the opening act for the um the Demi guys at the at the local comedy club. You can't even make a joke <laughs> around here anymore. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't. Even... <laughs> Fuck the return of the sexist Demi guys comic. Fuck yes, I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hell yes. Um, but we've got to get into the crazy shit here. Which is, number one, Harry getting the news that he has been made Quidditch captain at at breakfast here. Mm. And everyone's reactions to this. This is page two of this chapter. I, okay, so when this happened, I I, I kind of, I had to take a walk around the room. I texted Mm -hmm. you, like, like we usually talk about the (laughs) chapter, and I couldn't even read the whole thing, because I got to page two of the chapter, (laughs) had to do a lap, and, like, text you immediately, and (laughs) I'm like, what is, what is happening? It's so good. The day after this rather (laughs) gloomy birthday tea, their letters and book lists arrived from Hogwarts. Harry's included a surprise. He had been made Quidditch captain. That gives you equal status with prefects, cried Hermione happily. You can now use our special bathroom and everything. Excuse me? <laughs> so that, so, so already you, you, you probably had the same experience reading this that I did. That was like the, that was like the left hook. Like, oof, I'm already being hit in the <laughs> face by this. <laughs> but it, but it does not relent. Wow, I remember when Charlie wore one of those, said Ron, examining the badge with glee. Harry, this is so cool. You're my captain. (laughs) If you let me back on the team, I suppose. Ha ha. Ha ha is written in there. If you let me back on the team, ha ha. You're my captain, ha ha. Ha ha, Harry, you're my captain now. What if we put our brooms next to each other? (laughs) And kissed on the field. Just kidding. Haha, unless. (laughs) You're my captain now. What the fuck is this? One, like, I was already reeling from Hermione me, like, oh, Harry, you get to shit where we get where we get to. And then Ron being like, wow, you're my captain. What the fuck is happening here? No part where someone's like, wow, congratulations, this has been really good for the team. Oh, that's so cool. Did you want to be captain? It's literally just like, oh, you get to use the big bathroom and like, oh, cool, you're in charge of me now. (laughs) You're my boss now. (laughs) Wow, cool. What is going on in this book? I, I feel like the prefix bathroom thing is one of those things that... you shouldn't think about too much because it's like the only reason it's in there is because Harry needs somewhere that he can put an egg underwater and listen, right? Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't, the idea that the prefix have like this special big bathroom with a a pool-sized bathtub, like, I don't want it to ever get brought up again because it doesn't matter. We just needed to hear the egg underwater and so to have this moment where it's like, oh, you're the football captain, so you get to use the big the big bathroom where all the all the all the kids in charge get to go. Also, this is very minor compared to just the general like craziness of, of this revelation, but is is the is the prefect slash captain bathroom co-ed? Because she says you can use our special bathroom. Like she's saying it like, wow, Harry, you get to use the same bathroom I use. That's a huge accomplishment. 
what is the why is that on her mind is she like oh i can't wait to run into my best friend harry on the shitter like what is she talking about why is that (laughs) her first reaction big perk of being a prefect and the captain is this the coveted like oh yeah i really want to be a prefect they have a huge bathroom they have a huge bathroom there's a there's a big old bath there's like a hot tub basically do the prefects like go and hang out in the bath the bathroom like is yeah, that just, is that part of it? Is it like the social club? Is it like when you get like Reddit gold and you get to go to the special Reddit like Reddit gold <laughs> forum and it's like we're yeah. all gonna hang out in the bathroom? Are they all? Are the, all the okay? Th- this is also like like this is just taking purely from the movie slash video game design. Remember we did find the bathroom in the video game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the design of it seems to be that there is like. Uh, bathroom stalls and then just a huge hot tub so are like our prefects like chilling in that hot tub enjoying the sexy mermaid uh, uh stained glass window uh or painting or whatever and they're like chilling in there it's like oh I'm, it's so good to be a prefect in our fancy bathroom with the golden taps and stuff and then like another prefect comes in it's like oh man i gotta use the bathroom real bad and they just like <laughs> They're just, they're just like in the stall, like doing their business while everyone else is chilling in the hot tub. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm really glad um, that we have this setting for our CW show because everyone, you know, the CW students can all go and hang out in the hot tub oh. in like their their bathing suits and stuff. Yeah, it's like the bar. It's like you know, in in every CW or like even on Buffy, where there's like a cool bar where all the teens go to like hang out and like drink coffee or underage drink or whatever for our cw show they're all gonna go and get in the hot tub or use the toilet right they're talking to people right and i I think that would be a great setting for like the the like hall monitors god gone mad with power like subplot oh my god fuck okay can you imagine okay picture this it's it's you know beautifully expensively shot cw like Riverdale, Riverdale style camera work. We're in the bathroom, and it's like it's like a moon, beautiful moonlit night. The light is pouring through the window, stained glass window of the mermaid uh-huh. onto onto our hot cast of, of of coed prefects, and they're all sitting in this hot tub wearing their bathing suits, and they're talking about like I can't believe what James Potter did yesterday. <laughs> Someone else comes in and they're like undoing their belt and they're like running for the bathroom <laughs> stall that's like in full view of the hot tub and they get in there and they join in the conversation and they're like, yeah, I can't believe, I can't believe what, what James Potter did. We're going to have to teach that, that guy a lesson. It's, it's really, what an amazing uh, gift. I think that this book has given us. I can't, I can't believe that that's, this is what this book is about. Like we have gotten um dementors mating and that was like the tip of the iceberg yeah why is this book so shit obsessed that's what i want to know well like we'll get to another example of it later in this chapter but like before this we had (laughs) slughorn asking dumbledore if he was shitting out his doo-doo ass in the bathroom and now we have hermione going like oh harry you get to use the same bathroom what is going on is this like is this how (laughs) wizard culture 
Is this like how the class divide is defined? I'm very disturbed at this emerging pattern of of bathroom based lore in this universe. The, the room of requirement was was hinted at because Dumbledore needed to pee real bad. I mean, he needed. A- she couldn't even like keep all like. There's so much bathroom lore in the books, but she had to add to them in the extended universe. Like this is officially <laughs> a thing. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not even touching on like you know the classic thing that became a, a, a joke earlier this year of, of of wizards crapping themselves and vanishing. The evidence being canon and real. I did not remember of all the things that I remember that like lingered in my brain about Harry Potter for all these years. The poo poo pee pee fascination really did not stick with me, <laughs> and, and it's really wild to read and revisit it's so weird i mean i I know that we like to joke a lot about ring theory uh and i feel like and i feel like we kind of play a little coy with it um Mm -hmm. but i i have to say when we read about ring theory and and it's it's proponents the thing i don't notice people bringing up is like books two and six you know two chamber of secrets in the bathroom Book six, Harry gets bathroom privileges. <laughs> they have to sneak into the bathroom in book two, but in book book six, Harry Harry is like, he is in control of the bathroom. Right. Um, this is a complex story. <laughs> it is complex. I just can't believe any of this stuff. It is... <sighs> It's 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 beautiful. I'm like we are we are only like three pages into this chapter. We have to keep moving, but it is it, like like that stopped me and like you, like you say, just like dead in my tracks. Harry, like, this just... is so cool. You're my captain. Uh, now let Harry... my brother tell you about the the anal probing they're doing at the ministry. <laughs> Fuck! That is the <laughs> next page. That is the next page. Bill comes back from the bank and is like, hey, Harry, I got your money out for you. You don't want to go to the bank because they're putting probes up people's asses there. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> what a what a book. Fuck, it, it is such a lame joke, too. It's like, oh, Dodo, the bank's fucking me in the ass again. Like, <laughs> like. This chapter is is firing on all cylinders. All cylinders. Again, that was like the page after this. <laughs> There's so much here. Okay, we we okay. So we, we we've we've got to move forward a little bit. Let's they get in the oh, ring theory, they get in the car, just like like before. Yeah, but the, it's the, the wrong book, car. so it's not wrong it's book. not ring Shit. theory. Fuck. What did you think of the like um the more somber diagonally introduction. I really just like I said in my summary, all I could think of was I, I really pictured them walking into the alley and seeing uh, the Ocarina of Time uh, uh, castle town after the time skip. Yeah, fuck it is. It's very that's very that's very comparable. Yeah, no, I, I I I agree, but I will say I do think it is at least a cool like it's a cool moment. Yeah, like, like, that's oh, here- not the book's fault. That's my bad yeah, brain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm always thinking about about Ocarina of Time. I'm like, oh, just like an Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah, me too. There, there are the the Redads running around the the Inferi and 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 such. Um, this was my moment where I decided that Harry's a libertarian now. Um, okay. I think that's his new character. What What was it that made you decide this? Um, when Harry's assigned security, and then he thinks to himself. 
Um, he has the invisibility cloak, and if that's good enough for Dumbledore, it ought to be good enough for the Ministry. If I have my concealed weapon, then that's <laughs> then that's good enough for the government, if you ask me. Especially because the first thing he does is draw his wand gun on someone when he walks into a store. Yeah. Yeah, so this scene, this scene with Draco, um, I will say I, I appreciate I, 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 that, uh, you know, we're, we're well past uh, 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 Chamber of Secrets era Harry, where Harry, Harry hears the, the, the bad slur and just immediately is like, all right. Yeah, fuck Guns you, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, like, like good for Harry. He has opinions now, right? And yeah. so does Ron. Uh, Madam um, Malkin is centrist season here. <laughs> I will say, like, I, I, I do appreciate that they're, that they're all hands on deck for Hermione here. Um, I do think it is, like, quite an escalation for this scene that, like, Harry... Harry like sees sees Draco and sees his mom and is like it is fucking on site for these two. I am going <laughs> I am going to I'm going to blast this mother and child into smithereens. Honestly, it's about it's about damn time. It's about yeah, like no, about damn time, but also like like it is I feel like it is just maybe a couple notches to like like th- you could you could convey the same like uh, uh, growth in Harry that Harry like now you know he has a spine he 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 stands up for his friends and what he believes in uh you know this this scene could have worked just as well if they, he had like threateningly put his hand on his hip right like next to his wand like if they had done like the spaghetti western thing mm-hmm. I feel like that could have maybe worked a little bit a bit a little bit more believable than him just like seeing Draco and just being like, all right, it's fucking on. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking blast this kid right now. <laughs> I think the real shame of this scene uh is only in that I think that it would have been really effective. And it is in the way that I first read it, um, more so than just like the overall atmosphere of Diagon Alley, but having uh this little fascist kid being much more comfortable just saying this shit all over yeah. the place but then i thought to myself he literally always has been doing that like that it, yes <laughs> like ever like i just think back to chamber of secrets it's it's not like this has been an escalation of his this is just his thing that he does Yeah, i mean like it, he in book one when they first met in madame malkins he was talking about race science right so like I, as an I, i'm a little like bummed out that it isn't more like like things have changed things have changed he is is more comfortable and more self-assured being this way because this is just who he is every single time it's really harry that's changed the the mask has always been off for draco right so this isn't that this is you're right it it could have been a, 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 a much more interesting scene if this was like you know we we knew that draco was was a little racist shithead but like he was coy about it, you know, mm-hmm. previously because he knew that it wasn't really like socially acceptable to say that stuff. And like now he is just going full, full bore. But like he's always been full bore. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It was much more like the 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 scale and the stakes of the story didn't match his stuff that he was saying. Yes. Right. Like it was just like like it didn't it felt a little um like dissonant, whereas now he matches 
what is happening in the story more. Yeah, definitely. I will say also the very on the, this, this chapter has a lot of very on the nose hints of things to come. Uh, him. Th- th- I, is it two or three times that we get the, like, Oh, she almost pulls the robe up his left arm and he slaps it away. Like, <laughs> like we, we got that. It's like, okay, I get it. He has a dark mark now or whatever. Right. Like, like, like that's that's pretty on the nose. And I forgot to talk about how, uh, in that first segment of the book of the chapter, uh, Lupin has maybe the most awkward line that I've ever seen in this series so far. Well, frankly, I'm surprised he stayed alive for even a year after deserting the Death Eaters. Sirius's brother Regulus oh only managed God. a few days, as far as I can remember. Yeah. And no it's like in that like moment that. where it's like, who? Do you want to say that name again? Please? Like, who are you talking about? Just yeah. gonna just gonna leave that one on the table for no reason, huh? They should have he if if he had just said Sirius's brother or just Regulus, this would have been a like a pretty good just like under the radar like reminder. But this is just like Sirius's brother Regulus. Are you are you picking this up, Harry? Like it's a little. Harry is not much. interested. He's not interested. He doesn't even. Actually, that was a little odd that Harry doesn't even have like a twinge of like, ooh, he said serious, and I feel bad again now. He just no reaction at all there. Not 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 thinking about Regulus at all. No. He doesn't go like, damn, uh, Regulus. Is that another? Do I have another Godfather? Is he cool? But yeah, I. Uh... I, 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 like I said, I do enjoy that Harry and Ron are ride or die for Hermione. Uh, I just think it is hilarious. Like the image of this scene is so funny. Just like they walk into a clothing store and they're just like, I'm going to fucking shoot this kid. Like, and his mom just right now. We're going to, we're doing this right now. It's like, okay, hold on. Step back a little bit. Maybe <laughs> he's going to, he's going to go to the other clothing store and get fitted for his waiter suit. This is the the two paths like diverging in the woods. He almost yeah. he almost got normal school robes, but he had to go somewhere else, and he got his waiter suit. I will say, like this this did make me think about your point about the clothing design in the films and how strange it is, and how like surely the more conservative wizards would want to dress nothing like Muggles, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the idea that he was having these very lavish wizard robes fitted fits more with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I guess, I guess we don't know what he gets. Maybe he does get that suit at, uh, Twillfit and Tattings is the other store. This scene uh, also introduced my new favorite spell, which is the, uh, tip of your wand becomes a vacuum spell. Oh yeah. It gets, oh, I like the, de- I was very confused by the detail of it gets rid of all the dust. How much fucking dust was on, it was well, in here. Somebody has a dust these floors at Mad I feel Mountains. like the Malfoy is. Probably wouldn't even go here at all if it, if it was that dusty. It's a little They're dusty. Too fancy for that yeah. Too. Uh. Okay. It's here, time. Here we go. This is here. We, this is the. Here mo- we go. I feel like this is probably going to be where we spend most of our time in this chapter. Fred and George's shop. Right away, <laughs> we get this fucking poster that they look at. Why are you worrying about you-know-who? You should be worrying about you-know-poo, the constipation sensation that's gripping the nation. First of all. Yeah, please. First of all, again, with the shitting in this book, what's going on here? Number two, 
their reaction. Harry started to laugh. He heard a weak sort of moan behind him and looked around to see Mrs. Weasley gazing dumbfounded at the poster. Her lips moved silently, mouthing the name You Know Poo. They'll be murdered in their beds, she whispered. No, they won't, said Ron, who, like Harry, was laughing. This is brilliant. This Ron, please explain. Ron, please, Ron, can you break down for me what exactly is brilliant about this? This is, is, is this Wizarding World Drumpf? Is, is, is this like Fred and George have, have started their, their scathing political show where they're calling, you know, who, you know, poo, uh, and that'll show, that'll stick it to him. And, and all the, you know, some people are like, Hey, well, you know, you, you know, I don't, I don't like him either, but you've got to respect that he is the Dark Lord. You cannot call him, you know, Pooh. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Th- this is like this whole scene is like nonstop. Like, like I, because you, like, like you were saying, like yesterday, you were texting me, like as you were reading this, like I can't believe the captain stuff. I don't know what's going on in this. Like, like Harry is a libertarian now. And then we get, I was just like, just fucking wait until you get to the, the joke shop. It is crazy. It is like balls to the wall. The most jam packed full of bizarre implications. Like, like what, what are some of the products they have here? They have, the, they have their Every um, product. This is a shop. They're, and every single product that is cited as being like brilliant, very smart, they're so like this is such good magic, is all stuff that makes you sick. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. It's like here, you can take this pill to get a nosebleed, you can take this to throw up, you can take this to pass out, and you can take this to be constipated. Wonderful. Cool. Thank you. I like and I guess with the I'm assuming the you know poo thing, like, is that is it, like, is that a prank you're playing on other people? Like, like I'm going to make you not be able to shit? Because yeah, that's you, you, just th- like... you think you're so cool getting to use the big bathroom with the hot tub in it. Well, <laughs> well, you're, you're, guess what? You're, uh, you can't shit anymore. What? Yeah. What is the, like, we, and we don't know. Like, like we, we never find out what exactly, you know, poo is. Um, I mean, there are the, the, the ones that are definitely a prank you play on someone else that at least like to me registered as jokes are the, um, uh, are the, the trick wands that turn into rubber chickens or underwear. I'm like, okay, sure. You, you replace someone's wand as a gag and they're like, oh, I'm going to do a spell and then a chicken appears. Okay. Funny. haha. Except there's one that says, uh, the most expensive beat the unwary user around the head or neck. Like, it's just a wand that beats the shit out of you? Why? I, For what I purpose? Want a, I want a version of these books where the the whole, the culmination of the entire plot is Voldemort thinking he has the other wand, but it turns into a rubber chicken. Fuck. Holy shit. Actually, there are a lot of things in this chapter that feel like they are either meant to be Chekhov. There, there are a lot of Chekhov's guns in this chapter. <laughs> it's just I'm... a whole shop full of Chekhov's guns. Yeah. Um... Uh, we'll get to those when we get into the back room, but I'm still I'm still in front of house here. So not only are there wands that beat the shit out of you, but I mean, like Hermione got hit by the telescope. Right. And like Fred and George, when they see her, they're like, oh, shit. What like what what hit you? And she's like, oh, one of your telescopes. <laughs> and then they just pull out of their pocket salve 
they're like, yeah, we're getting punched by our stuff all the time. Here you go. <laughs> like, is this, is this just like, it, it, like, okay. What, like their brainstorming session for Fred and George, like, okay, what can we do? That's funny. Um, pissing, shitting, vomiting, <laughs> passing out or not shitting. I'm like, perfect. Or getting clocked in the face by something you don't think is going to hurt you. Like they're, they're like, they're like jackass for wizards except at least jackass they were like all doing it to themselves like like they were just goofing off themselves rather than like inflicting this on other people is that what happened is that jk rowling like knew jackass was popular and knew what it was but like didn't get it (laughs) i i'm not like a i'm not i'm not a jackass fan that is not like my i did not enjoy that kind of humor i suppose it mostly just grosses (laughs) me out but I get it. Yeah. Is is this a commentary on Jackass? Like, I, like, I don't... Did she just not fully understand? That's, like, the only thing I can think of. Is, is, is like, oh, ja- she knows Jackass is big and on TV and kind of controversial. And she's like, oh, I want F- Fred and George also on the cutting edge. I've not seen it. I assume it's very fun. <laughs> but it's just like, like oh, uh, uh, the funniest things in the world are uh, uh, pissing, shitting... <laughs> and passing out i guess like that's that's just that's that's all there is to it it's it's easy to make you laugh i i, I can't i mean like the hangman thing like, like they 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 have like a miniature game of hangman where there's like a a, a little wooden guy who who gets I'm like okay that's at least a, a, a like a game it's I not suppose. a joke there's yeah, nothing not a... in this shop that is a joke shop thing yeah what is the okay can we talk about the daydream charms? Because that's the other joke. Is is, is 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 the other joke that J.K. Rowling loves? We know she loves. We, we know she loves shitting and farting and and pissing and 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 hurting yourself. Those are all funny. <laughs> but the other joke that we know she loves is is whacking off. Uh, and and here we go. Uh, 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 Hermione had managed to squeeze through to a large display near the counter and was reading the information on the back of a box bearing a highly colored picture of a handsome youth and a swooning girl who were standing on the deck of a pirate ship. One simple incantation and you will enter a top quality, highly realistic 30 minute daydream, easy to fit into the average school lesson and virtually undetectable. Side effects include vacant expressions and minor drooling, not for sale to under 16s. That's a great joke. (laughs) That's really funny. What's the joke? There's no joke there. This is just this is just VR porn. Yeah. Fred and George invented source filmmaker, I guess. Like like cool. Thanks thanks guys. Hermione's very impressed. This really is extraordinary magic, she says. Um I guess they all, their other joke is love potions. So Oh, mm mm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's well, they well they have they have the girls joke section. Right. Uh, uh, which I guess so. For girls. Uh, but before we get to that, we have to get to the back room where they take Harry, which is where they say the real shit is, which is body armor? Question mark? I don't even know where to start with this. This is crazy. So I, I, okay, let's first start with the fact that they're like, this is where we make our real money, which yeah, this is the just real shit. frames their like weird joke shop as like a front. Yeah. Yeah, like 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 they <laughs> Here is the weird part of this. They are libertarian Q from James Bond. 
that is the vibe I get here is that they like they have the they, they you know they they're oh they're so good at inventing stuff but like they're they don't work for the ministry they are selling the ministry their weird shield charm hats they they they, they learned the shield charm from Harry uh and which they use as, a, as an excuse to gas up Harry and remind the reader like what a good teacher he is a defense against the dark arts um but they sell cloaks gloves hats uh that block uh minor to moderate hexes or jinxes like they are they are military subcontractors at this point right yeah yep and i'm very <laughs> confused what the ministry is doing with them are they giving them to orders or are they giving says, them to the public no it's 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 very vague it says the ministry bought 500 for all its support staff who are the supports to, like if this was like a thing where they're like, like the hey, secretaries yeah yeah like yeah the pages is this, at the ministry right that's my assumption is that like this is body armor for like the non boots on the ground employees like just in case they get murked what is it, it is so strange it really gives me the vibe of those really gross kickstarters that pop up every time there's a school shooting that's like Here's a backpack that has a body, has a Kevlar plate in it that your kid can hide behind. It's it's really interesting that the book kind of goes out of its way to tell you that Fred and George are different than other people trying to profit off of the fear. Yeah. Because it points the- it out like three different times from different characters because Molly Weasley keeps being worried about it. Like, Oh, they're, they're also profiting off of the Voldemort stuff. And, and the answer is that she's right, but I don't, but I don't think that that's the implication here. I'm pretty sure this is like, Oh, this is, this is good actually. Yeah, no, they're cool. They're cool and noble because they're, they're helping the ministry. Uh, They're, you know, they're not joining them. They're just uh, selling them the, the yeah, armor but that's where they make their real money yeah that's the re- yeah that's where they make the real money is off of rubes coming in who who are scared and, and they want to buy oh also the i mean the other thing too uh is that you know as they're walking into the back room they have that barrel of candy dark marks mm-hmm. which is a big question like I, I i guess it's i guess it's another prank one it, it makes you vomit or whatever if you eat it so it's a prank but what the, like Imagine walking into a store and just seeing, like, here's some candy swastikas. They make you vomit. If you eat them, it's like, okay, what's the end? Your point is, like, what 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 are you trying to say with this? And also, you are I, I making money off of selling swastikas. Be, I know it's supposed to be like a, oh, they're, they're not giving in to the fear, right? Yeah. Except that they're profiting. They're not giving into it. They're just profiting off of everyone else's fear. They're, they're just making they're all just of their money it. doing that. Yeah. Like, they're just above it all, but also making money off of they're it. They're also selling is... some sort of uh, instant darkness powder for people who are scared they're going to be attacked and killed on the street. Right. I mean, it, it is... Um... I'm sure this is not intentional because we're supposed to feel that, like, Fred and George are, are good and funny in this, right? But the the closest analog I can draw, especially to, like, the time period this came out in, is, like, uh, uh, people who 
on the one hand, like, uh, uh, like, you know, we're, we're selling and buying like Osama bin Laden urinal cakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, oh, like, 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 oh, we hate that guy. But then also demanding that like they needed, uh, they needed an AR-15, uh, just in case a Muslim terrorist appeared to kill them on the street or whatever. Like, right. That like that is all I can think of here is is that kind of person in the two thousands, and yeah, I I don't I don't have like a great picture of Fred and George here, and it, and it's it is honestly infuriating because there is th- this is so fucking close to being super interesting. Like if if this you you could have literally all of this same stuff in in a story if if the point was to like show that fred and george maybe weren't you know the best right but like this has been a constant problem with fred and george like this was i mean this was a huge problem in book five as well where it was like it was trying to tell a story about how bad like bullying and 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 like intra-student violence is but it's funny and cool when Fred and George do it because they're the designated clown characters. And it's the same thing here. It's the same problem. It's like, you're almost telling a very interesting story about these like fucking shitheads who, who think everything is a joke and are also like amoral, like fear mongers. Right. And like, like profit off of, off of, uh, off of public panic. But that's not the story that's being told here. No, because it's... we get to go with Libertarian Harry that gets to go in the back room and he's a great teacher and taught them shield charms and then gets to be like, good, good work. Good work. We're going to yeah. get him. Yeah, good, good stuff. Oh, I like these. Okay. Also, the, the, what the fuck is the decoy detector? I read this description so many times I could not figure out what the fuck it was talking about. A number of weird looking black horn type objects. What is a horn type object? <laughs> what the is fuck does like that a, mean? Is it like a little bugle? Like right, like I I couldn't decide whether they meant like it's a little trumpet or if it's like a like an animal horn. I don't I don't really understand what that means. Do 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 decoy around. <laughs> That's what it is. I, I, and this this that was that was so like the the shield uh, the shield clothes big Chekhov's gun. Uh, them giving Hermione the daydream kit for free, big Chekhov's gun. The Harry putting the decoy detonators in his pocket, big Chekhov's gun. I don't know if any of this shit comes back. Um, uh, but but it sure felt weird. This sure felt like, again, like a James Bond scene where he was like getting all of his gear for McHugh for the rest of the story. It, right? It's so strange. And then it's, it, is, it is bizarre to me that instead what I read into it is Harry should be at this moment realizing that he is culpable for what they're doing. Right. Yeah, Especially because, because it all just has like an extremely sinister air to it. When Fred and George are like, you can have all this stuff for free. Cause you're how we, we made it here. But I think that I'm just totally reading that into it. Yeah, no, I, I don't think the book reckons with this at all. I think Fred and George are forever and always just like the, the eternally cool pranksters. This is like scary. Uh, it's yeah, it's weird. Like I said, like like if if this had like just like if this had been tweaked ever so slightly, this could have been a fascinating turn of events, right? Like like a real a real nasty, slimy, uh, uh, like reveal that like Fred and George maybe aren't as like funny and like 
like you know as as you thought they were like the, there's a there's a there's a story there but i don't think that's the one that's being told here i think it is just like this this is like when you make a big choice at the beginning of an rpg and then you like go and it's like oh here you go uh traveler because you helped me in the quest earlier i can give you this unique armor set right like that's about the depth this has right it is it is really strange let's talk about the girl products <sighs> jokes for girls jokes for girls girls don't violent... girls don't want the the shitting and the pissing and the vomiting jokes <laughs> or apparently the daydream kits i i guess those aren't for i guess those are only for for boys right um uh no 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 girl daydreams here uh but they they are called wonder witch and it says in a it's an array of violently pink products around with a cluster of excited girls giggling enthusiastically so again like there at no point does like i don't know like hermione or Ginny or, or like anyone look at this and go like like is that is that really your idea of like what girls want but apparently it is and all the girls love it right like like there's apparently Fred and George are just fucking marketing geniuses, no matter who the audience is. Wonderful. I love to learn no lessons. Learn nothing, <laughs> no less. They, it's perfect. They make they make the fucking remember when those Bic pens came out that were for ladies and they were just like the regular Bic pens but pink? Yes. That was this. That's this. <laughs> like, like that's Fred and George. I'm like, oh, what if, what if we just made it fucking pink? Wahoo! Thank you, Fred and it's George. Uh, but um, th this is the this of the many things that like knock me on my ass here. This exchange. There you go," said Fred proudly. "Best range of love potions you'll find anywhere." Ginny raised an eyebrow skeptically, and I was like, "Ah, Ginny's gonna say how fucked up that is." But no, she says, "Do they work?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then what proceeds is an extremely long grilling session where Fred and George, like, talk about how many boys she's dated. Yeah, what the fuck is with this part? The it and what is Ron's problem, most of all? I think that's maybe the worst detail in all this, is, like, Ron's like, oh yeah, Ginny's dating, like, five guys to, <sighs> to, to, to Fred and George. Like, what the fuck? I hate this. <laughs> this is a nightmare chapter. It's so bad. I I hate that I like it because it feels sinister to me. And I know that yeah. that's just not I know that's just made up. Right. Like like I think I think the like sinister nature of this whole thing is a really fascinating read on this. I just know in my heart of hearts, you know, I I'm we both give especially with this book i think so far have given this book a lot of leeway on like well maybe this is a cool thing i just i know and i know deep down in my heart of hearts none of this was meant to be uh critical of fred and george right except maybe this part where Ginny owns them because actually she's only dating one boy right like that's this is the only part that's like uh yeah i mean i guess she gets to be like yeah that's none of your business yeah um hanging out in the girl joke section where they sell pimple removing cream what is the joke <sighs> what's the joke fred and george that's right that's not a joke it's just a cosmetic product you sell 
yeah, their their girl products are uh, a a a a good range of roofies and pimple removing cream. Was there anything? Does it even say? Oh, I guess the the pygmy puff skins are also for girls because they're cute. So what does this what does this look like? So you're you're a um a young uh person in the magical world and you're going to the Weasley's Wizard Wheezes um cuz you're going to have like a fun slumber party that night with your friends and it's like okay okay everyone I got the kit um who wants to get constipated and and have a have a nosebleed and and throw up and uh and then afterwards we'll uh, get in a daydream and jack off like what what is what What's the sell here? What, what's the joke? What is the what is the plan? Right. Uh, here is my. For the longest time, we have compared Fred and George, like jokingly, to the Logan, Logan, and 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 and, uh, and Jake, the Paul brothers. Yes. Right. Now I think they literally are those, and and I think that the only thing I can imagine is that there is an untold element in this in you know a piece of world building that has not been revealed yet to us in this story which is that wizard youtube exists and all of these products are for like hey what's up owl tube it's it's me and i'm gonna take the uh uh the you know poo challenge today uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna eat a i'm gonna eat the the constipation sensation candy and try and take a shit and like that's like or, or i'm gonna take the vomit candy or like yeah uh, uh dark mark vomit candy prank gone wrong right uh, and they right like that's the only that's the only way that any of these count daydream prank even... gone sexual yeah <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah like what yeah the, uh, otherwise i i have uh, like unless unless everyone in the wizarding world is like just a complete like <laughs> self sadist or whatever and they're just like oh like the world sucks voldemort's back uh uh you know the, the leaky cauldron i can't go and drink there anymore because everyone's too scared i guess the only thing there is to do is to is to get a <laughs> to get a daydream kit and make myself vomit <laughs> everywhere like it's depressing it's so fucked up i don't understand why <laughs> It, it is the detail that, like, this is the, like, even in this time of crisis, uh, this is the most popular store in Diagon Alley is so grim to me. Can I eat a bunch of earwax jelly beans and then get constipated? Saturday <laughs> night, baby. Wahoo! Oh, and I might as well, I might as well buy some fucking body armor for while I'm walking back home to jerk I, I off with my daydream I can't believe that's the kit. detail. I cannot believe the detail is, is that the joke <laughs> shop, it isn't a joke shop, is a front for military subcontractors. <laughs> Just completely uncritically. Like, oh, actually, that's so cool and good. I love that. I love Fred and George. I'm gonna be so sad when Fred dies. It's gonna be really tragic. Just oh, what a what like what fuck yeah, Voldemort's still out there, but it's still Saturday night, baby. I gotta make something <laughs> of it. Guess I'll go to the store, uh, uh, get myself some candy that gives me a nosebleed and some and some fucking Kevlar. Like, <laughs> sounds like a fucking party. Wahoo! <sighs> it is. 
I unbelievable. This is just like page after page of increasingly insane. Oh, I just turned the page. Please read to me the quote uh that that you highlighted that is somehow not the most highlighted one in, there in the is, chapter. There is not a single quote unquote most highlighted line in this chapter. However, I am really? doing my part and I have highlighted this. Um Ron is gathering up some stuff that he wants to get from his brother's joke shop, but it turns out that they're not gonna give it to him for free. And uh Fred says, and that's our stuff you're nicking. Three galleons, nine sickles, I'll knock off the nut. <laughs> I'll knock off the nut. I'll knock off the nut. Thank you Fred. Ron, Harry's your captain now. I'll knock off the nut. <laughs> you can use our bathroom. Wahoo! Not if you get too constipated, though. With you yeah, no poo. Yeah, yeah. Other people need to use that bathroom. There's prefects and captains in there. Do it. All <sighs> the captains and the prefects from all of the houses go use the same bathroom? Like, is Draco That's Malfoy was... also walking into that bathroom? I think, yeah, I think so. I think it is the prefect's bathroom. Like, it's not the... Because when Cedric tells Harry about it, he doesn't preface it with like, oh, this is the Hufflepuff special bathroom. He's like, this is the prefect's bathroom. So I think it is just for all of the prefects, and I guess also now the Quidditch captains. I am obsessed with this bathroom. Like, I don't think we're going to see it again. I'm so curious to know if we ever... If Harry ever goes and like does anything in there, or if it's just like, or if it really was just like a, a detail of like, like a like here's a perk Harry gets now, like he gets to use the cool bathroom. <laughs> I think that's all it is. Imagine, imagine a version of this book where instead of the room of requirement being like the the thing that allows the Death Eaters to get in, it was just like actually the prefix bathroom. Yeah, Death Eaters yeah. streaming streaming out of the <laughs> the big bathroom. <laughs> I. Here's the part I think where it really falls apart for me. I could at least buy, you know, like I said, like if, if, if this was the thing, where, if this was like the weird thing that the brief, the prefects got snooty about was that they have the coolest bathroom and the captains get the coolest bathroom. And like, that was just something they, they, they like held over the heads of all the normal plebes. That would be one thing. But like, I don't think, did Angelina Johnson ever say anything about a cool bathroom? Did Oliver Wood, was Oliver this Wood is, like, ah, right, maybe one day you'll get to use the cool bathroom. For like, <laughs> a good setup for like teen drama stuff. Like the CW show, right? Like like the, right. the hall monitors all hanging out in the cool bathroom and talking shit and like doing whatever. That's very cool. And then it's like right. the coveted it, it, bathroom. But this is just like it's completely random. It could be like the Hogwarts equivalent of like, oh, the the like the the kids are smoking in the bathroom and talking shit and and right like there's there is a version of as as surreal as it is on paper like there's a version where of this where it could work but no I think Hermione is just like that's what's on her mind today it's like damn I can't wait to go back to Hogwarts and use the cool shitter right. <laughs> oh the scene of Borgen and Burks is pretty cute. Um, it's maybe a little cute too cute with the cabinet stuff it gets brought it's like three times it's like damn it we can't see beyond that cabinet that we remember from the second book harry do you remember that yeah. do you remember this cabinet we can't see past it to see what he's actually yeah. talking about but it, it, it's cute <laughs> there's a mystery set up i i'll take i'll take what i can get 
I'll take what I can get. And I will say I do. I just think like it's a pure comedy routine, but like Hermione's really feeble attempt at being a spy here is very funny. Her, her just walking up and being like, uh... This is also her new character. This is the same Hermione that we uh, we met when she did this with Umbridge. Like, she's she's really been, like, watching some spy movies over the summers. Yeah, yeah. except she, she was way better at it last book. She's kind of lost her Joker touch here. That's true. I hope she gets yeah, it back. She's... Yeah, I hope she I hope she finds her 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 clown mojo again cuz here she kind of she kind of fumbles it. She's like, "Uh, is anything in here on hold?" Hello? Can you tell me which of these items is on hold, please? She's had a For whole su- she's had a whole summer away from the prefix bathroom, so she might not be like totally herself. Uh, yeah, maybe that's where she plots. Yeah. yeah plots she, her Joker she, crimes. She, she, yeah, she draws a big old nice bath in the prefect's bathroom and then and then sits in it and meditates for like an hour and is like, I'm going to fucking take Umbridge into the woods and fucking kill it. <laughs> like, so maybe that's that. This is the Joker movie we deserved. This, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sad to hear that there's no most highlighted quote in this because there's so many quotes in this chapter. It's uh, yeah, I know. I I guess nobody there's nothing that really resonated with the people. Whereas I feel like everything in this chapter resonated with me. Yeah, no this 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 is by far the most resonant this book has been so far. Is there anything else you want to cover in this one, or should we take a break? Because we speaking of bathrooms. We've got some stuff to cover in our third segment that is uh, uh, brewing. That is extremely tantalizing, and I'm excited to get to the third segment, but I do want to quickly talk about Florian Fortescue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, such a tiny, tiny thing, but I this is a moment for me where I feel like we're always speculating about details and things that we wonder and are like, was this cut out? Was this a subplot that was lost? Mm -hmm. And this is a case where we know it was, because there's this weird part at the beginning where it's like Florian Fortescue's gone missing and all the kids are like, what? The ice cream man? Why? <laughs> and, and then they're <laughs> the like, we, we don't know why they took the ice cream man. He was a good man. And it's so bizarre and was left yeah. in the book. And we know, I think from an interview, that he was supposed to be... Like, Harry was supposed to meet up with him at some point in the future, and he was going to tell him about Wandlore or something. I, I think he served the same purpose that Xenophilius ends up filling. Mm. If I had to guess, like, 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 like talking t- about... tells about the Deathly Elder- Hallows or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I think it's something like that. He had something to do with, with like, the, the Elder Wand mystery. Um, it's just it's yeah, funny he, to it, see it left in there. Obviously, it doesn't yeah. matter. There's nothing wrong with it, and it just serves no. like the atmosphere of badness right now. But it it just was a kind of like, like oh, it's it's cool to see that and know that that's like mm-hmm. a leftover thing. It, it's funny that it's it's a it's a fairly heavy handed clue that goes nowhere because you know it, it the, the book changed. Um, but it's also like in the same paragraph as like Sir, uh, as Lupin saying like. Sirius's brother Regulus, uh, like it, it, so, like you kind of it still has like the air of like this is information I should probably be remembering, right? Um, but it, it it just doesn't really end up going anywhere, I guess. 
anyway, that's all I've got. Anyway, yeah, let's let's take a quick break and then let's come back and come back and and get unbirthed. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back. These are dark, dark times. Uh, I, a while back, uh, posted about and and was trying to hunt down a short story by one Mr. Hank Green that we had come to our attention called The Womb of Requirement. Um, do you remember how we discovered this thing existed? <sighs> No, I don't remember how. Uh, it was a tweet from Hank that was like, uh, I think they were having some some discussion about like feminism and YA or something and or or fandom communities, and he was like, I some something about like I should know. I wrote, I wrote a I wrote a short story called The Womb of Requirements or or something. I like can't that. imagine what the discussion would have been to warrant that sort I'm, of let's see if i can find it i'm just putting off reading this as as long as i can from hank green womb i want to remind everyone that i wrote a fanfic about a girl who got pregnant at hogwarts and had her baby in the room of requirement called the womb of requirement so i may not have the great standing to criticize jk rowling's post-canon thoughts about her universe okay so it actually was about the uh this this was in the era of the um wizards be shitting where they stand discourse of course a classic time <sighs> um the so so i saw this and i was like boy howdy we have to track this down but it is only available um through the uh the harry potter alliance uh service they run um uh uh these these fundraisers every now and then for uh some fairly good causes actually um that, that you know if you donate to you get to pick so first of all uh uh i i donated to this expecting that we were getting a treasure trove of stuff um because it it, it like it, it uh um i'm just gonna pull up the uh the, the page here uh it 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 showed like a like a like a smorgasbord of of stuff um on on this like Indiegogo thing for at the ten dollar level it's like oh you get the womb of requirement you get the um uh uh, uh so <laughs> the founding fathers tweets uh pamphlet that someone wrote uh which is which is the tale of the signing of the declaration of independence but written as epic tweets from from mm, pains from, me from famous historical figures uh what else was there there were there were so many of this tier i was like i was like super excited unfortunately uh i had to pick one it was so it was so i i got my donation in and i had to pick one so like i only received 
the the hallowed tome harry potter and the womb of requirement what was there what, was there anything else on the list that was like you like were like oh i don't know like I, maybe i have to pick something else i mean like so uh, uh founding father's tweets was one that was like this this will hurt me for sure uh, <laughs> this will be funny um i can't it looks like now that the uh uh the fundraiser is over you actually can't see the goal list anymore Mm. uh did i happen to save a screenshot though i wonder like i said really putting off having to read this thing out loud because it is this is a cursed object that we have paid for here um yes here we go i did screenshot this so you could have gotten the womb of requirement you could have gotten Hank Green's solo Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone commentary track, which I assume is just him doing like mystery science theater over the first movie, which is fine, but it's just him. Like, like it's not like it's it's not like it's him and his brother riffing on this movie. It's just Hank. You know, we we have a uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone commentary track. It's called um, the podcast, The Shrieking Shack. Hell fucking yes, we do. Uh, we could have gotten John Green's The Price of Dawn, which I believe is like the, uh, page of the fake book from, uh, um, uh, not looking for Alaska, Fault in Our Stars. Hmm. It feels like kind of the point was that that wasn't a real book, but okay. Yeah. Uh, there's A Study in Sync, which was, which is a John, Hank, and Benedict Cumberbatch fanfic. (sighs) That's so tempting. Here's the thing. Here's here's a it's little It's a good se- thing I wasn't making this purchase. Here's here's a little secret for you. A couple of these, including a study in sync, are available on Wattpad. They did not take them down. So <laughs> we will be able to find that study in sync one at some point. So maybe we'll save that for a rainy day. Um, there's the Founding Fathers tweets, there's Patrick Rothfuss's, excuse me, uh, musings on writing. I'd love to get some musings on writing, please, from one Mr. Patrick Rothfuss. Um, Lev Grossman, uh, was offering up a, uh, deleted chapter from The Magicians. Okay, it's probably deleted for a reason. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe maybe interesting to read if you're into if you're super into the magicians. But but yeah, generally when things get cut, it's like well, uh, the Harry Potter musical people were offering a very Potter Christmas. I don't know if that's like a video or an album, um, but uh, but that's that that was what they were offering. Harry and the Potters, the band, were offering an EP called Cauldron Bottom Report. Okay. Uh, and uh finally there was a uh fiction kitchen and author's cookbook available. So I, I So I, so there's no competition is what you're telling me. No competition. The womb of requirement absolutely blew past all these other options. We we simply it was fate. We were we were kind of I had sort of given up hope. I would I I had assumed when we found out that the womb of requirement was a thing like I was be like, "Oh, this will be have been uploaded. Someone on Tumblr will have posted this and posted like, "What the fuck was I thinking in 2013?" Because that's this is old. This is this is many many years old. Um, uh, uh, 
and uh and you know it, it'll be easy to find we'll read it we'll have a laugh and that'll be it but like it was it was missing it was no one had ever uploaded this anywhere um so we we have a, a dark and unique treasure in our hands now so here so here's a question about this treasure yes of ours Obviously, the Vlogbrothers fandom has managed to keep the secrets on this. Yes. Are we going to incur the wrath of the Vlogbrothers as a result of uncovering uncovering this? I don't think any of them listen to it. I, and I also, don't think so either. And more to the point... None of our listeners are cops. I'm looking directly at you, listener. <laughs> None of our listeners are cops. Uh, and they will not be running to the Vlogbrothers to tell them that we are being mean uh, about uh, the womb of requirement. I think this is fair use, personally. We are going to read this. We are going to criticize it. Uh, 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 this, is, we, this, is a, this, this is a podcast. This is a transformative work. And also, I paid for it, so you know. I mean, we might not criticize it though. It might be really. It good. It might be really good. In which case, I mean, we I might guess be that more is trouble. Criticism, yeah, because right? we're gonna say, "Wow, audio. that's really good." Yeah, that's just an audiobook at that point. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, again, looking directly, I'm looking through. I I I have appeared. I'm like a I'm like a ghost from Harry Potter. I've like swooped out of your headphones or speakers. And I'm looking directly at the listener, and I and I am repeating this fact that I know to be true. None of our listeners are cops, um, uh, so especially so. not mercenary cops working for the Vlog Brothers. Absolutely not. And again, this is fair use. Uh, the womb of requirements. Penelope Park. Penel? No, sorry, Mark. Fuck, I. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to imagine her as anyone but Penelope Park now. Penelope Perk was a sixth year at Hogwarts, uh, sixth year at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, a Ravenclaw with a passion for runes, potions, and Edwin Redwin. Edwin was a little guy, probably lucky if he tipped the scales at eight stone. He was muscled, though, probably the quickest beater the Hufflepuff Quidditch team had ever seen. But as fast as his body was, his tongue was faster. Penelope, quiet and maybe big enough to outweigh the two Edwin Redwins together, figured he was best admired from afar. So how'd she, how'd she know his tongue was fast then? <laughs> <laughs> Hank, I'm <sighs> confused. Uh, Hank, Hank, I have a question. Penelope had come to appreciate her own ungainly beauty in the last year, though. She was tall, with silky straight hair, and she even liked her eyes. She had all of her previous... So had all of her previous boyfriends, though, in the end, and she hadn't liked any of them all that much. Six weeks ago, much to her surprise, she found out that Edwin had a passion for her as well. A passion that, two weeks ago, among the droppings, pellets, and tiny bones of consumed rodents of the owlry had somehow magically transformed into something a lot more physically. Well, excuse me, a lot more physical. Uh, that is... Hmm. Find a more hygienic place, I think, personally, is my take there. 
like the prefect's bathroom like the prefect's bathroom yes cool we don't i guess we don't know if he's the captain of the hufflepuff quidditch team um but nonetheless uh, they were both consumed by their affection and hadn't spent more than eight hours apart for weeks, spending as much time laughing and sharing as they did silently engrossed in one another. This is gross. Mm. Uh, until last week, Penelope needed some space. At least that's what she <laughs> said. She hadn't really talked to anyone in the last six days, which was which had a bit of irony, considering that as she paced on the seventh floor corridor, all she wanted in the world was someone to talk to. How do you talk to someone about something you don't even want to admit to yourself? And who here would have any idea anyway? She'd never even heard of this sort of thing happening at Hogwarts. Were wizard children magically sterilized at birth or something? Had she been sick that day? Had Edwin forgotten to cast some magic charm only wizards knew about? Had that door been there before? So is there a condom spell that we're alluding to here? Is that the, is that the question? Uh, yeah, I would assume Hank? so. Nude Harry Potter Google search. It seemed to her that it had not. The tapestry of the man teaching the trolls to dance that had been there had been there, but that door, that door had not. But doors don't usually appear where there was no door before. Then again, sometimes they did. Searching for a distraction, or maybe hoping for something more than that, Penelope walked inside. When it comes down to it, is there a hard line between want and need? This is a very heavy question to be asking in your fanfic, Hank. Uh, you might think that need is just the basics. Food, water, warmth, air. But you haven't had most of a century to think about it. When you need a bath, do you really need a bath? No, you might say. You want a bath. A lack of a bath isn't going to kill you. Your ever-increasing stink and the bits of grit behind your ear aren't going to come to life and strangle you in the night, so you would argue... <sighs> You merely want a bath. Actually, <laughs> if you think about it, do you really need baths? I disagree. You need a bath because polite society these days expects it's it. It's still going? Oh, yeah. This is still going. This is multiple paragraphs. Oh, my God. There's a need here not to be clean, but to be a part. Uh, because witches and wizards are humans and humans need to be part of a larger whole. If you disagree with me, that is your right, but I may be the world's foremost expert on human need, so it is extremely likely that you Who's are wrong. Who's talking to me right now? Oh, you're going to find out. You are going to find out. <sighs> At Hogwarts, the basic needs haven't changed too much in the last 80 years. The need for the loo remains common. The need I for a hide- I Cumberbatch. <laughs> we, we, it's not, that's not the, the fanfic we bought, though. We got the wrong one. Shit. Uh, the need for a hiding spot, for a clinic, a classroom, for the occasional soft corner for a couple that might not feel safe together elsewhere. Of the needs I have served, that is my favorite by far. Though helping a uh, certain group of young witches and wizards find something that had long burned a hole in my consciousness was a wonderful moment. Slaking the needs of love is the most rewarding. Mm. Yeah. A Hufflepuff and a Slytherin afraid to, afraid to face the glare of their peers, but so deeply in love that they, in the end, spent more time with me than anyone else in my life so far. On occasion, I found myself creating a space for two young men or two young women who need me together. Uh, uh, it's very woke. Thank you, Hank. Yeah, that's just like a Gryffindor and a Slytherin getting together. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh... 
Though thankfully, this need has become less common. Oh! Damn! Damn, this is so- this is really progressive. Are you- are you feeling like- like, damn, everything's gonna be alright. Hogwarts- Hogwarts is getting more progressive. Thank god. Uh, helping them feel safe in their love touched me more deeply than you could know. I was their privacy, though in a sense they were never alone. My fascination for their need for each other may have occasionally gotten the best of me, but what was the difference if they never knew I was there? I have served the great and trivial needs of witches and wizards, both noble and terrible. Great. What are the terrible there's ones? No, there's no difference between good and bad things. <laughs> but there is a true need that I have never been able to fill. And no, I don't mean hunger. It is not the principal exception to Gamp's law that holds me back. It is my own self. I have denied this need perhaps a hundred times out of fear, I think. Fear of losing what control I have. Fear of the reality of what it could mean. Those poor souls. I have been unaccustomed to leaving needs unfulfilled. Those who have walked past my door three, four, fifteen times and all they need is someone to talk to. All they need is a friend. I ignored them all. For eighty years I ignored them all. Until Penelope Perk walked by. Okay, let's zoom out and rewind a little bit here. Okay. This, this, this narrator... Uh, is is cool with providing a place for teens to fuck so they can watch that happen. Uh-huh. But talking to them and hearing about their problems ain't about that shit. But if they want to fuck, that's cool. That right. is not creepy at all, huh? No, I'm that's I'm not not creeped out even a bit. What was different about Penelope? Maybe it was that I had less to lose now. Maybe it was something about her face. Something about the anxiety of her mind. Uh, is struggle. Oh. Uh, sorry, the anxiety of her mind as it struggled to break loose of its bonds. But when she walked through my door, I saw her see a small room with beautiful, shining tapestries covering the wood paneled walls. A fireplace in the corner, two armchairs, a small trunk, and an old woman. Old but strong, taller than Penelope even, standing next to one of the chairs. I saw her see me, and I fought not to weep. I was here for her. She was not here for me. Come in, sit down, I said, my voice's clarity shocking me. Where am I? I want to tell you a story. Who are you? Sit down, I replied. This is going to take some time. She moved for the door, but only barely. It didn't take her long to realize that she wanted to hear an old woman tell a story the way you want to pee first thing in the morning. With immediacy, with her whole body. She didn't want it, she needed it. Seconds later, she was in the chair. I sat next to her and gave her a long stare. I had known 10,000 minds, but I had not spoken to a person in over 80 years. I will be honest, I was terrified of her and of myself. I Why was is not... this such a bathroom-focused episode? <sighs> I think I think the, the, the dark truth we are discovering is that this is a bathroom-focused series. Mm. Uh, I was not always a room, I began. I was once a student like you. Very much like you, in fact. Quiet, but passionate underneath, and with a deep curiosity about the world. And about my place in it. I fell in love with a man. He was Potion's master at Hogwarts, and he loved me as well. Though his kind of love was a broken kind. When I became pregnant with his child, he took me here. What? Uh, okay. So. Excuse me? 
Okay, so, um, I, I don't, maybe, maybe I missed something while reading this the first time, but I, this, this book does not, or this, this, this fiction, fic rather, does not, um, specify like a time period that it is set in. Right. Is, is this, is this implying that Snape knocked up a student (laughs) Like what? Hello, hello. Or is it Slughorn? Or is this just not a not a character we know? I don't like it any which way. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it's a character we don't know. He's long dead. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about this one <laughs> at all. <sighs> I will not tell you his name, though he is long dead. Is what we see. Have. There we go. There we go. Uh, knew that his position would be in jeopardy if our situation was uncovered. And he had convinced me convinced that likewise, I would be better off vanishing for a few months and returning after I'd given birth. He would take the baby outside of Hogwarts to be adopted by a good wizarding family. I would return with whatever perilous story I concocted and re-enter the school, albeit a bit behind my classmates. Here, Penelope finally spoke, shocked. You would just vanish? Wouldn't they come looking for you? How would your friends feel? What about your family? Somehow, it didn't seem so terrible to me. Certainly no more terrible than the shame of my unwed pregnancy. This was a different era. My situation would have had me expelled from school and raising a child by myself in scorn. I would rather my parents worry over me for a few months than know my shame forever. And the potions master, he was convincing. I loved him. But how? How could you give birth in a place like this? There's no bathroom, no water. She looked around, disbelieving. There's not this even isn't a bed- the prefix bathroom. We can't, okay, yes, we, can't have a, we can't have a fucking water birth in this bathtub, you idiot. What? What? This Hank? Does Hank think that you give birth in the bathroom? Is that the water birthing? Yeah, yeah. You got to go to the prefix bathroom. <laughs> it's like a freaking hot tub in there. Oh God. The potions master was himself a powerful wizard. He placed a charm on the room that would ensure that whatever I needed, I would have. The room would be my caretaker. The only exception, of course, was food, which he made. They're really hammering home. They're like, no, I understand. Gamp's law. You cannot summon food. Yeah, Um, I was really worried about the lore here. Yeah, the room would be my caretaker. Uh... Uh, the only exception, of course, was food, which he made arrangements for in the kitchen. One dish per meal would be set aside and transferred to me here rather than the great hall. The house elves, properly encouraged, would not let anyone know. So we we threaten the slaves to not tell anyone we're bri- about this. We're bribing the house elves. Uh, was Dobby in on this? Oh, shit. Was Dobby in on this? Oh, no. It was, in the end, a fantastic plan. I had a pleasant, if lonely, pregnancy. Yes, I cried, but I was cared for by the room. I found that I only had to think of a thing and I would have it. Books, medicine, yarn, needles. I made my child first a hat, then a scarf, then socks, then mittens. By the time he was born, I had enough to clothe him for the first two years of his life. I stitched his name on the blanket. I wrapped him in when the potions master came to fetch him. A manufactured name, of course. I couldn't well give him my last name after all the trouble we went to keep it a secret. That I had made it through this without weeping had always almost worried me. The words seemed to pass through my mind without registering real thought. I did not remember my boy as I said them. I did not consider the magnitude of what I'd done. 
I did not ask myself where he was now. I met her eyes. It was. It appeared that Penelope had not been so unaffected. Through her tears, she asked, then why? Why are you still here? There were flaws in the plan. The first being that I could feel the desires of the potion master in the corridor, and they had nothing to do with me or the child. He cared for me. It was there, but it was overwhelmed by his need to keep me quiet, to preserve his position, a feeling I was unfamiliar with then. But I have come to know as the need... This is so uncomfortable. Yeah, as I have come to know as the need to have power over others. He was thick with it. Nice. Uh, and so Hank, when... pick a different phrase. Hank, please. Hank, pick a different subject, please. <laughs> Uh, he was thick with it. And so when he came back after the required amount of time for my recovery, he opened the door onto an empty room. He returned five or six more times, but he always found the same thing, an empty chamber, stone wall, stone floor. When he entered, he could not feel the desires of people outside of the room. Whether he'd thought he'd broken the room, that I died, or that I had somehow run away, he was the first person whose needs I granted. I gave him what he wanted. I disappeared. I was no longer his problem. When he left the room, I could sense his relief. It was terrible. The last time he came, he really did desire an empty room. I gave it to him. This will seem insane to you, but after six months mm. here, it didn't seem so crazy to me. Every day it seemed tomorrow would be the day, but I was terrified of lying to the world about where I'd been, and I was ashamed of myself for giving my baby away. The bit you won't be able to understand is that I had become addicted to the room. Not just the ability to have whatever I wanted but the, to the thoughts and desires of those who happen by. To know that every person is as terrified and fragile as you are, to see their deepest desires and know that everyone wants, uh, no, uh, that everyone wants, that everyone, that no one is complete, that we are all striving for something else. After six months of having that constant knowledge, considering the lack of it was terrifying, it is still terrifying. It is why, in more than 80 years, I have not left this place. Penelope was stunned. Of course she was stunned. What have you been doing? I guess that was the most obvious question. Many things. I gestured around the room to the tapestries. The work I began for my boy continued. As I needed more equipment and materials, the room gave them to me. I developed my own technique, read books on the techniques of others. They are my children now. Penelope what? stood to examine one of them hanging near the fire. Uh, one of the most recent to be completed and one of the more complicated. I never did figures in my tapestries, only patterns. The one Penelope chose to watch first was a geometric mess of triangles and formless shapes in a spiral of red, brown, and gold. The beading rose in and out of the fabric and the, would shift with time. The shapes shifted imperceptibly slowly. Penelope didn't notice, but this was a piece... Uh, this was piece... This... Hank... <laughs> Hank, you didn't proofread this. This was... Piece was at the beginning of its cycle... Hmm, I understand completely. <laughs> I modeled these works on the minds of Hogwarts students. The one she was looking at was based on the battle between strength and weakness in the minds of a young Gryffindor. The tapestry's transition moved from juxtaposition between angular and formulaless shapes into a solid arc of linked circles. Watching the boy grow had been a joy. So the room requirement lady here is like, a, she's doing Rothko shit in here. Yeah. She's, she's making an art installation. Good for her. I love that. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. She still seemed to be crying. I am very pleased you like it. I have only had the one critic all these many years. Penelope continued through all the little sam this little sample of my work as I watched her watch them. 
This was a fine reward for me, and though I could not know her mind here in the room, her interest in them seemed far beyond just pleasing an old woman. Are there more? she asked. Many more, but that is not all I've been doing. I have studied as well. Studied what? Muggle psychology and sociology for ah! one. Oh my god, what? And as I can sense desires, I made it my life's goal for me to be an expert in need. I know a great deal more about the needs of those walking through this corridor than they know themselves. In the end, their needs become my own, and I became a master not just of their minds, but of this room. Suddenly, we were no longer sitting on the armchair in a cozy room, but in a dense forest a hundred meters up, perched together on a tree limb. Penelope yelped, gripping the bark tightly with her fingers. I know it's useless to say this, but you're in no danger. I created the room for you because I felt it would make you comfortable. That's not so much my goal anymore. I, can see your, I can't see your mind in here, but I thought it was time for a change. What the fuck is happening? It's <laughs> so boring. Hank. Hank. Well, you're right. Catch this the is point. not making me comfortable. Could we just instead, like, be on the ground, please? I watched guiltily as the limb beneath her vanished. She screamed as a slide of polished wood appeared underneath her. Wind rushed around her as she flew out of the slide into a four-meter-deep pile of soft embroidered pillows. As she climbed out of the pillow pool, she looked surprised to see me standing in front of her. I was relieved to hear her laugh. What in the name of Alba's Dumbledore just happened? Is what is what Penelope says. I'm I'm I for a second I wasn't sure if you were saying that and I was a little bit confused. I changed the room. Why? She nearly screamed, <sighs> recovering her from her panic. Honestly, dear, I was getting bored. You get quite used to a constantly changing landscape when you live 80 years in a room made to satisfy your every whim. Let's walk. I spun to walk down a slim but obvious trail winding through the wood. Penelope dusted herself off and caught up. What do you imagine my biggest problem was living my life in this place? I don't know. Did your, um, waste build up? Again. Again. What? Wait, Again? what? Yeah. Really? Yep. Again with the shitting. Hank, you didn't have to copy that part from Joe. They they get some you know poo in there, maybe. <sighs> yeah, there you go. Get Fred and George on the horn. Uh oh dear no. Whatever magic fulfills my needs also takes care of that, thankfully. I wasn't asking I didn't I <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I was not wondering about that. Why do we need to know about every character's shitting routine now? Why is this happening to us? (laughs) I feel like this is like the answer to that criticism that people do sometimes. It's where people will like post and be like, "Uh, anyone else notice that Harry never took a shower in seven years? Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. he took, he took a shower. Yeah. This is, it's like, not not to also bring up Ocarina of Time, but, like, that was a really common, like, criticism, quote-unquote, of, like, video game stories, where it's like, well, like, when did, when did Link eat? 
or sleep or 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 use the bathroom and it's like who fucking care it doesn't matter off screen maybe he sleeps when you go to sleep yeah but but yeah this this feels very reactive both on joe's part and and like on the fandom and hank here <sighs> penelope thought for a moment as she walked what about friends there you have it i could see the minds of those outside the room but i could not touch them I tried to build my own creations, automatics formed from the lifeless things I could call from the room. I could transmute animals from them, but they were not real, only shadows of what I remembered them to be. So in the end, I brought people into my world so I could watch them and interact with them as the room, if I could not interact with them directly. So before becoming a room for teenagers to boink in, this mysterious entity created frankenstein animals i guess this yep. is sort of this is up there with like fred and george if it's like this is way more sinister than i think the person writing it realizes maybe she maybe she made a uh a joi like us <laughs> that, oh, that's a good point oh good yeah she made she tried to make an ai but couldn't you know she was studying muggle sociology but not uh not technology right oh <sighs> The first time it happened was the uh, years after my life here began. A Hufflepuff girl was being chased by three Slytherins, using the girl as a bonding exercise in their social group. What? This is... N yeah, huh? Hang on, hello? This is normal enough human behavior, of course, but still nasty. I opened the door to her. She ran in and found nothing more than an empty room with a door that would lock. She locked it and waited. The Slytherins banged on the door but soon got bored and moved on. It sounds so simple. I gave her a door and a lock, that's all. But for me, watching through a crack in a false wall in the back. So, okay. So not, so she's not even like, this isn't even like the room personified. There is just a lady in here who is watching teenagers make out. Okay, but then, but then why is she, why is she talking about them like, oh, this is human behavior. If she <sighs> is a human. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it was the most wonderful thing that happened in years, and it seemed that was enough. An occasional visitor or visitors that I could observe. I had a way, if not to interact with people, but to help them. It was everything I could do not to talk to the girl as she crouched panting in front of the door. I watched a person I wanted a person to speak to so badly. By then, though, I'd been here for so long, I think maybe I was stunted, fractured from humanity. So there you go. She was just too she was too out of it. She had been in the room for too long. Uh, I studied muggle psychology. Yeah, that, that's, me, that's me when I played Diablo for too long in my room. <laughs> I studied muggle psychology as much to help understand myself as to understand my wards. We walked through the forest in <laughs> silence for a while. Birds chirped above, or rather, charming bird facsimiles built from my own mind. I, I, I've been playing Diablo too long. I need to brush up on some human psychology. <laughs> how, how human work again? <laughs> oh, i've been doing barbarian leap too much i need to remember how to move like a normal person <laughs> the wind was soft and cool it brought the smell of pine with it i was proud of the detail i could create in tapestries but it was nothing compared to my pride in being able to build something that felt real eventually i spoke again i have been in the room for events great and small i'm happy to have provided a chamber pot for one of the most powerful wizards fuck it is snape it's fucking snape 
Snape is the potions master in this. I mean, it, she. Wait, hold on. Is she? She's old though. She's like eighty years old, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so it would have had to be like Slug Slughorn Horn. or the person before, before that. Slughorn. I think <laughs> it's not Snape. Snape is innocent. Well, we don't. We, Snape we don't is know innocent. when she. We don't know when she provided this chamber pot for Dumbledore to peep in. Uh, and during the Battle of Hogwarts, I like to think I played my part for the side of good. Mm, well, you did. There was a cabinet in there where Death Eaters came out, but go <laughs> off, I guess. Did the womb of requirement fight in the Battle of Hogwarts? Fuck. Yes, and it was for the Death Eaters. Apparently so. I've been in this room. Uh, uh, the people I helped always thought of me as a pe- peculiarity, as a charmed room. And so that is how I started to see myself. Some days I truly believed I was a room. I worked to fulfill my purpose and that was that. A room is a very strange thing to be, but I had a long time to get used to it. And always in the day, I had the needs of others to keep me company. Uh, With my every need taken care of, it was empathy that kept me sane. And now that Mm. I've granted to you... Kind of like dog brain? Is empathy like dog brain? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And now that I've granted you a few minutes of reprieve from the torment of your mind, I imagine you have some questions for me. So many minutes. Yeah. Can we have a place to sit? Just up here, dear. A lake came into view just then. It seemed like the sort of thing she was looking for. When we came to it, we sat. Where did the room come from? How does it work? What do you feel? I've studied this castle in detail, and I've become convinced that each of the founders left a room in their image. Salazar, of course, built the Chamber of Secrets. I think Helga Hufflepuff created this place, a kind of focal device for empathy, for understanding the needs of others as you understand your own. Helga Hufflepuff built the, the like... Empathy room? Betazoid room, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't read minds. I feel their needs as my own. Though not technically pleasant, it is what my existence was based on. Need is fundamental to humanity. I believe empathy is as well. I became friends with them through the walls. One-sided friends, they never knew me. But many people had stronger needs, and I could feel them as individuals. I connected with them over the years at Hogwarts. Sometimes they would even come back as professors. I paused here, fearing what I was about to say. I think I even loved one or two of them. What? Oh, mm, mm, what? Alrighty. Alrighty then. I paused here, fearing I was what I was about to say. Oh, that was that was that. Um, you must think me a very strange old woman. I said after the soft sobs subsided. Yes, I do. Yes, a very strange and lovely old woman. Uh, she Mm. waited for me to recover before asking. So I suppose you know about my situation. Oh, yes, I know all about little Edwin. He loves you very much, you know. She paused for a moment. Wait, how do you know? Oh, sorry. The beginning of the story was so long ago. Yeah, I forgot that Edwin was short or whatever. Uh, he loves you very much. You know, he's short but strong, so I'm just sort of like in, in picturing Tyler One here. Oh, so was I. Yeah, and, uh, there we go. He's the yes. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page here. This this is wait. This is just a story. This is just a a, a fanfic based around the picture of Tyler One looking up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Oh my god. Um Oh god, where was I? This is such a long story. Uh uh he loves you very much, you know. She paused for a moment. How do you know he's little? Has he been in here? No, but I <laughs> Everyone knows he's little. No, but I know he wants to be bigger. And I know you wouldn't mind being smaller. A person's desires tell you far more about them than their faces, Penelope. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. Uh, So why did you open the door for me? Because you needed it, I suppose. But she stopped staring across the lake. Suddenly she wept. You cannot imagine how intense my discomfort was at this moment. Of the thousands thousands of people I had interacted with over the decades, the vast majority were outside the walls. I knew precisely what was troubling them. Now I had someone right here in front of me. I was blind. I was so unused to reading faces. Her discomfort was clear, but the opacity of her mind smothered me. I was trapped in a coffin under a six... What? I Okay, okay Hank, again, please... I was trapped in a coffin under a six feet down, Mm. not a glint of light within a thousand miles. I withdrew into myself. I could not speak, but I would not panic. I would not ruin this one chance, my only chance, my last chance. Finally, she pushed through her tears. Am I? Are you done? Am I to become the room? She lost herself, bending double over the lake shore, clutching herself. A huge wave of relief hit me. The entire... The eternity of ignorance was over. I knelt before her and gathered her hand in mine. Oh, no, 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 dear. No, never would I ask or even allow someone to repeat the mistakes I have made. I have done good deeds great and small here. I am proud of my work, but I would never wish this life on another person. No, you will not be this room. Oh, dear, you think yourself in such dire straits. How many people love you? How many people will support you no matter what path you choose? I brought you here because you needed an ear, someone to listen without judgment, even without fearing, even with you fearing judgment. Uh, you have so many choices I did not have, and you are stronger than I was. She had stopped crying. Uh, she had been so afraid. I was ashamed of what she had thought of me, so I asked, Penelope Perk, what was your father's name? Pembroke. And your father's father? Pembroke as well. As far as I know, it's Pembroke Perks all the way up turtles just all the way li- down just a little reference to my brother's book i suppose it's his book i think right no his is the most uh, uh, uh something remarkable thing i think pretty sure mm-hmm. turtles all the way down is John. oh yep you're right uh pembroke's all the way up dear it isn't pembroke perks very far in fact the forest was gone in a flash. I had brought us back to the room. The room as it appeared when I first entered it, as I believed Helga Hufflepuff had built it. The fireplace in the corner, the armchair, a chest between them. We were still sitting as we had been on the beach, on the floor beside the chairs. I stood up and walked slowly to the chest, removed the flowers and opened it. When I was pregnant, I had a t- great deal of free time. I was just learning to sew and I was terrible. The first blanket I made for my boy, well... I had plenty of time to make a second, and I didn't think it was very good, but I kept it, a token. I removed it from the chest and held it up to her. It was really very poorly done. The batting stuck out in places. The stitches were uneven. 
I had attempted to fashion a dog from blue fabric on the outside, but it was unclear what sort of beast, in fact, it was. But under the door, <laughs> under the dog, it was quite clear I had stitched the name I wanted the boy to have. I opened the door for you for three reasons, I think. Because you had a need that I knew, one that still felt fresh in my mind after all these decades. Because you are my great-great-granddaughter, and I love you very no! much. And because I think I am done here, she placed the blanket over her shoulders and lifted her to her feet. No! Uh, I looked her in the eyes. She was crying as much as I was. She fell into my arms and we cried together until I said, <laughs> My name is Heather. It has really been lovely to start getting to know you, but I am not near done. Together, we walked through the door. And everybody clapped. And everybody fucking clapped. Too many details. Too many. Hey, great-great-grandma, why did you watch teens boinking for 80 years? Why did, <laughs> And why did you keep bringing up that that was one of the things that you did with your room? It's a little weird. It's a little weird, grandma. A little weird. Uh, I feel like I gotta take, I gotta like stand up and take a walk, take a lap around the room, you know, like it's, that's a, that is a cursed object. That, we that was found. $10. That was 10 fucking dollars uh, of our hard earned Patreon bucks. <laughs> I, again, uh, this is one, this was a fair use transformative work. We were criticizing it. Number two, none of our listeners are cops. And then thirdly, what the fuck was that? Why? I can't really even begin to wrap my head around what a weird thing this is. I can't believe how, like, nice it was. And I don't mean that in any way that maybe it sounds like. But, like, <laughs> I think that this is a thing. So I, I've never read anything of Hank Green's. Mm-hmm. I've read two novels by his brother, John Green. Mm-hmm. And they're always so nice. Like, everything, like, comes together in, like, the dumbest way possible. <laughs> and I see that Hank Green also has whatever that is. Like, the like I didn't think that was good. It was mostly pretty boring. But I can't believe it came together with, like, and it was her grandma. And they hugged and cried and then walked out the door. Like, I just... It's so right. like it's a Christmas sugary, movie. sweet, like it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it has Christmas movie brain for sure. It is it's a it's like a sappy hallmark. Everything is always tied off with a neat little bow. I mean, like, even again, different writer, but like even looking for Alaska, which I think is quite ghoulish in a lot of ways. Um and especially in the ending, it still ends with like this fairy book, like, and I learned to forgive myself because I, I knew you would too, which like, again, it is, it is super like, uh, 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 horrible to think about the implications of that. And like, you know, it, it is definitely dark under the surface, but like the intent there is to be like a, and that's, the, and everything was great. I solved the problem, right? Like it's very, it's very much trying to tie a bow on this thing. It's it's very surprising to me cuz like in the front half of that story I was just like oh this is this is like kind of dark but it was yeah. all it was all okay. It was all fine. Everything was fine. Uh, thank you Hank. It, thank you Hank. Uh, again 
what a I, I some like like I feel like the stars align for us a lot on this show, but this felt like like one of those like this was like a druidic event where like every planet lined up. Like we had we had all the Fantastic Beast stuff this episode. We had an absolutely bonkers chapter about military subcontractors and war profiteers. Um and then we we like hit critical mass on like this entire franchise's bathroom obsession. Mm-hmm. I just this this was what a fucking week that like like you said uh uh it is it is fucking shrieking shack christmas this week and i i just i can't believe i can't believe that this is where we are you know it's it's a lot i couldn't i could not have like predicted any of this some powerful magic in the air there's some powerful magic in the air it's almost like it's almost like we have a room of requirement that is listening to our wants and needs and is providing the most bonkers reading experience possible for us, you know? It was something that I did not expect. <laughs> I hope I hope everyone well, I hope I hope everyone enjoyed that. Big big old quotes around enjoyed there. I, mm-hmm. I hope I, I hope that uh, our suffering has brought our listeners joy here, and I'm glad that we have finally. This feels like a milestone. Like like this this was my white whale for the longest time was finding this fiction. There, keep on saying fiction. This this fic, uh, um, and 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 reading it, uh, because uh, I I was so curious, and it was such a tantalizing object that was out there. Yeah. Um, now all that's left is I need uh, someone to send me a Snape jersey. Please, oh, we've 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 had here's that's the thing we have found so many cursed objects that we've been searching for, but the room of requirement has still not sent us. We have not been delivered a Snape jersey or a Mordor jersey or any any of those beautiful black milk products that we desperately need yeah the, uh, the jerseys have not have not manifested the secret style into our hands and also um i checked in the uh horrible smiling dobby figure with the teeth from star ace is still in pre-order i don't um, know when that's coming out we need that we need to do an unboxing of that little fella <laughs> <sighs> oh yeah, but yeah, what a milestone! What a, what a what a dark object we have uncovered this week. Um, do you have anything else to to say on this? Or we we've been, we've run kind of long here. This is a very a very special episode. Um, so we should probably take it to the close soon. What do you say? Yeah. All right, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them as always for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have so much good bonus content for you there. We've got uh, a Let's Plays. We've got bonus podcast episodes where we shoot the shit and talk about Mass Effect, Black Milk, uh, Williams-Sonoma, lots of lots of just fun stuff. And Liz, what are we reading next week? We are reading Chapter 7, The Slug Club. Slug club, slug club. Maybe we'll find out in the slug club if he if he really uh, uh, smanged Penelope Park. 
perk. Yeah, yeah. It's really bad that I keep on saying Penelope. I was imagining Penelope Park from hit show Legacies. Right. Uh, this entire time. Well, everyone, uh, hopefully hearing that lovely fanfic has sated your need for anything Harry Potter related. Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise